Who is going to double down on tight ends first? Where will Kadarius Tony go tonight? And can the pros keep up with the Joes in tonight's proceedings? Follow along with the live draft board tonight. Watch our pitch uh, pick by pick analysis as we call the action from the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joes, the Garrison Pub League number two to see who's going to win a 2024 FFPC main event squad. We've got a great show for you. Uh, Farrell Elliott and Dave Tripoli is he are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts shortly. It's going to start about right now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the high-stakes fantasy football hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The high-stakes fantasy football hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-hosts are the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, and the well-spoken and well-experienced Dave Terpoli. Tonight, we have the second of six special episodes for you. It's the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joe's, the Garrison Pub League number two. Uh, draft tonight, we'll be covering it for uh, its entire duration shout out to the chat room right now uh post your questions you might have in there whether you're watching us on youtube twitter or facebook uh connect with us on twitter at hsff hour at eric balkman or at j farrell elliott dave is on twitter at dave terp post on our facebook page facebook.com slash hsff hour you can email the show at the inbox high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com we'll try to get to all the chat room points the tweets uh the comments everything tonight throughout the live broadcast shout out to uh the hard work of our producer and mutual friend rob and our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. As a reminder, at midnight Pacific time tonight, that is indeed the deadline for the 2023 FFPC main event early draft slot announcement. When you pay for your team in full, you're going to get your draft slot on July 31st. So time is ticking on that. You basically got a little bit less than six hours. If you already have a team, you want to get some more, you can now get $400 off each additional team that you add on. Square those balances away now at MyFFPC.com. I'll bring up the draft board and bring up my buddy Dave Turp right now. Turp, what's up, man? How we doing? We're doing good. We're off the, This draft is flying along. I feel like uh, we got to get cooking on this. I'm going to bring Farrell in in a second, but I'll take you through the first round here, ladies and gentlemen. Fantasy, the, uh, the pros are in the odd uh, slots tonight. The Joes are in the evens. Uh, John Hansen from Fantasy Points started off the draft with Jamar Chase. Bit of a surprise there, uh, but we'll get uh, Turf and Farrell's thoughts on that. Travis Kelsey to Scott P. Cohen uh, at the 102, followed by Justin Jefferson, who Derek Brown has to love uh, getting at the 103 tonight. He's going to join us on the program uh, as well before we sign off. Cooper Cup is going to be Jeffrey and Alan Eidelman's pick at the 104. Tyree Kill off the board to Best Bell Fantasies, Bradley Stalder. Bijan Robinson off the board to David Hubbard at the 106. Peter Overzet from Fantasy Life grabs Christian McCaffrey at the 107 tonight. What a fascinating first seven round, uh, first seven picks tonight. Austin Eckler to Frying Pan Inc. That is the 2020 uh, KFFSC, uh, 2021, beg your pardon, KFFSC uh, main event champs, Brad Petri and Darren Larson taking uh, Eckler at the 108, Stefan Diggs to Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland from 
Fighting Chance Fantasy as well as Fantasy Life. Uh, C.D. Lamb off the board to the 110 tonight. That's Roy Perenzuela and Corey Hanstein. Uh, A.J. Brown to Nelson Burbitt from Dynasty Depot. And then Amon Ross St. Brown to uh, Al Leach uh, tonight drafting from the 12 spot. That is the first round. I'll bring in uh, my good buddy Farrell Elliott right now, the KFFSC commissioner. Check out all his work at KFFSC.com. Farrell, happy Monday night to you, man. Guys, how are you? Turp, how are you? I've never had such a fantastic opening act as Dave Turp. You know, <laughs> Thank you. Turp came on, and then I followed. I'm here to please. Turp, Turp would get, you know, if I was touring, Turp would get a solid 45 minutes. It would be strong. Thank you. Very impressive. But now, now you know, now we'll do a duet on stage. It's all going to be great. Really. Uh, it's 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 going to be great. And John Hanson made sure the start of this draft was great. Turp, Jamar Chase at the 101 tonight. I guess, you know, if he's your guy and you like him better than Jefferson, Kelsey, and McCaffrey, you got to get him there. How surprised are you to see Chase go at the one spot? How many times have you seen Chase go one, 101 this year? Not a lot, but, I mean, he's my 101, so I don't have any issues, you know, with the pick. It's not like a big margin or anything like that. I have no issues taking Jefferson or Chase. To me, they're very, very neck and neck. I have Chase slightly. Um, just, in my opinion, a better playoff schedule. But no real issues. The top three picks have been pretty set in stone for a little bit now with Kelsey, obviously with the tight end premium going in the top three. There's no issues there. Farrell, when I look at uh, the, the the top seven tonight, I'm, I am a little bit perplexed to see a guy who normally goes at the 104 in, in the FFPC best ball tournament, which you can play for at myffpc.com. $200,000 grand prize, $125 entry fee. Normally, McCaffrey's at the 104. In fact, the latest he has gone in the FFPC best ball tournament, the same format as this, as far as scoring, lineup submission, everything like that, um, the latest he has gone has been the 106. He falls to the 107 tonight. Peter Overs had had to be loving life to get McCaffrey that late. What are we missing here in McCaffrey that he fell so far? Peter and the gang live a charmed life. Um, no, that's an anomaly that won't happen again. You could equally say Austin Eckler is an anomaly. They'd, there's no way that Brian Pan Inc. should have got Eckler at that point. And then they mm-hmm. put Devontae Adams with him, which, you, you know, you, you can put Adams in front of a, variety of these other guys that that have been drafted in front of him and so they're off to they're off to a fantastic start what do you guys think about travis kelsey no i asked the question wrong what do you guys think about the next group of tight ends after travis kelsey because this is something that i wanted to ask terp about i don't think you can overdraft kelsey but I think the fact that Kelsey is going so high leaves other drafters to taking the other tight ends in that tier, but really not – Kelsey's in a tier of his own is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I think it leads to Andrews, Hawkinson, and Kittle being overdrafted because I think the fantasy drafters think that they're getting Kelsey light and they're, they're getting Kelsey nothing out of those other well, not only that, and Terp, I'll let you answer that question, but like, is there is there sort of a panic when you see Kelsey go in the first couple of picks that if you want your elite tight end and, and you see Mark Andrews get gets gobbled up in the second round here by Overzet, um, is, is there a panic out there? Like, if you want an elite tight end, you got to grab him because you don't know what these guys are capable of. I mean, to, to me, it's Mark Andrews. I mean, we're talking about tiers. It's, it's Kelsey, then Mark Andrews, and then pretty much the next four or five guys are the same to me. Uh, I just think Andrews 
new offense, new offensive coordinator, Lamar being healthy. The receivers have a lot of questions right now. You know, Bateman, not 100% healthy. Zay Flowers being a rookie. Odell coming back off, you know, major injury. So there's definitely some worry there. I just think Andrew's going to get peppered with targets. I think there's a path that he outscores Kelsey this year. It's entirely possible. Um, and and we're through two rounds. We only have two tight ends off the board. I'll get through the second round here. Jalen Waddle goes to Al Leach. He starts off with a pair of receivers. Nick Chubb is going to go to Nelson Verbit to go with his beloved A.J. Brown in the 11 spot. Fly Eagles fly there for Nelson Verbit and Dave Turp. Garrett Wilson off the board at the 203 tonight. Uh, that's uh, Roy Perenzuela and Corey Hanstein in the FFPC Joes. Tony Pollard to Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland there at the 204. Farrell already told you Devontae Adams went to Frying Pan Inc. That's Petri and Larson at the 205 tonight. Mark Andrews to Overzet. Jonathan Taylor uh, is the running back, running back completion start for David Hubbard in the 106 tonight. Bijan Robinson and Jonathan Taylor there. Derrick Henry to Bradley Stalder right after that. Devontae Smith, another eagle, goes off the board to Jeffrey and Allen Eidelman here at the 209. Chris Olave to Derek Brown for Fantasy Pros at the 210. Followed by Patrick Mahomes, Scott Key Cohen. Gets the uh, Kansas City hookup here at uh, at the first and second round. He gets Kelsey Mahomes. We're going to talk about his third-round pick here in a little bit because that one caught some people off guard. And there's still a big name off the board. Uh, there's still a big name looming that hasn't been picked yet as Brees Hall was the final pick of the second round. He going to John Hansen from Fantasy Points. Jalen Waddle at the 201 tonight, uh, Terp. Now, we don't normally – I'm don't. i going to look at the, the ADP on him. I, I, I feel like I don't normally see him go that high. Uh, 205. So he's more of like a mid-second round pick tonight. Um, but but Waddle's climbing. You think he's going to continue to climb as we get deeper and deeper into pros versus Joe's coverage? I think he will. I mean, this is kind of a receiver heavy room. No running backs besides the top three that are obviously going in the first round. So it's Waddle or Garrett Wilson, you know, Devontae Adams for some people. I would have took Wilson personally, but I, I have no issues with Waddle going there. Uh, Farrell, our good buddy Rich Billu is in the YouTube chat right now, and he wants to know Devontae Adams going to Frying Pan Inc. here at the 205. Do you think the positive news on Jimmy Garoppolo makes Devontae Adams actually a little bit more valuable this year? Yeah, especially if you're a fantasy drafter that walks around in a white coat like a doctor and are very much interested in, you know. And look, we, we keep talking about all ball players. They've got doctors, they've got training staffs, they're trying to get better. Let's hope that uh, Garoppolo can stay healthy. Garoppolo is a pendable uh, delivery system for Adams to catch the ball. He'll get the ball where it needs to be. And Adams is always where he needs to be. It's, it's a great combination. Uh, you know, and, and last night, speaking to the Raiders, I got a nice email from our friend uh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh uh, Latz. Uh, yeah, Josh Latz, absolutely. From, from Drafted from Friday. the 11 spot last night. In Pro and, one. you know, he, he did a very eloquent, um, he did a very, very eloquent proposal on why he went with Robert Woods and Hunter Renfro. Uh, late in the draft, but you know when you get past, uh, and we haven't. Last night we didn't talk about the the rookie tight end uh, with the Raiders Meyer at all. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some fascinating things happening there, and uh, there'll be some fantasy points scored in that situation. Naturally, I don't like any of these guys as much as Jacobs decides not to come to work. Yeah, and that and that was the other big thing too. Uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak already chiming in that you know Jacobs left Vegas. Perhaps uh, what he should have been doing is gone on a big bender and living it up in Vegas right right now, Nick Cage style, like as in leaving Las Vegas, the way that uh, Nicolas Cage left Las Vegas, at least his character, was a little bit different 
than the way Josh Jacobs left Las Vegas today. Third round, guys, a lot to discuss here. Jerry Judy to John Hansen at the 301. Scott Key Cohen says, I know I took Patrick Mahomes at the 211. I'm doubling down. I'm getting Jalen Hurts at the 302. Top two quarterbacks off the board go to the same team tonight. Key Cohen gets Mahomes and Hurts. Ramondre Stevenson at the 303. T. Higgins to uh, Team 4 tonight. Team 4 is Jeffrey and Allen Eidelman, the FFPC Joes. They start off with three straight receivers tonight. Jameer Gibbs at the 305. Saquon Barkley falls all the way to the 306 tonight to join Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Taylor in a mega backfield for David Hubbard's squad. Saquon Barkley's ADP normally 207. He falls to the 306 tonight. Two more quarterbacks off the board in the third round. Lamar Jackson to Overzet. Josh Allen to Petri and Larson. Then we get Josh Jacobs going at the 309 to Drake and McFarland. TJ Hawkinson is the third tight end off the board, and he goes to the three at the 310 spot tonight to Perenzuela and Hanstein. DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen round out the third round to Verbitz and Leach, respectively. Terp, what's going on? Keycon, what, what does he know that we don't? Why is he going with two quarterbacks in the first three rounds? The first two quarterbacks off the board go to the same team. I don't think I've ever seen that in pros versus Joes before. Speechless. I don't, I mean, there's nothing really can say. I mean, taking Mahomes with Kelsey makes total sense at that spot. You know, a lot of the, you know, solid value with, you know, guys like Alave and Smith didn't fall to you. So you take the guy that, you know, you know is the most popular stack that there was last year. But taking Jalen Hurts, even if you take Goddard here, it just makes no sense. I know it's like a, you're going for first and nothing else matters, but in this format, I know in any format, no, I mean, it's just, <laughs> You're wasting, you're wasting all this draft capital on two of the best, you know, obviously quarterbacks right now going, but so many things can go wrong. You're just setting yourself up in, the, in a league that, you know, receivers are going to start getting gobbled up. All these running backs got gobbled up after you. How you pass on Saquon Barkley there, I don't get it. I, Farrell, um, I'm, I'm, go ahead, Farrell. I, I, I'm just well, shocked with this. Scott got confused out of the number two spot because he thinks Terp is in the league, not just commenting on it. That's fair. I mean, sometimes people in get a little, little taking hurts, and Stevenson's going to the right place. Best pick uh, in in this round, of course. You know, you could have predict, predicted the frying pan ink would grab uh, Josh Allen. I wish I could predict who they would grab the next round because they're on the clock, but I can't. T.J. Hawkinson is the best pick in this round. Uh, weren't, weren't Barkley and Jacobs in the middle of the third round last night? There was no further uh, depression from them. Uh, yeah, this is a good round. I, I think Team Ten is got the best pick with Hawkinson. I'm looking. I want to look up that Barkley and um, and Jacobs to see where they went last night. Um, and I know uh, I'm checking the boards right now because that to you, me, you like, admit, it, oh my God, and David Hubbard doubling down on or quadrupling down on running backs here. Just a, a fantastic uh, running back. He start loves getting funky in these drafts. Yeah. yeah and, well, this is talk about him, and I, I, I love him. I'd really talk about him if he'd come to Kentucky. You know, I, <laughs> I can't find it on the map. Uh, Turpin, there's there's a groundswell of support coming in here that, that says you should be in Kentucky, although we know that that, that won't happen this year. I keep support, hearing the chance. The chances are getting you're, louder. I'm not going to lie. They're getting louder. Your support comes online, but people want you in the room, Terp. And uh, 5% chance. You, you know Better what I would like to say, team? Last week. I would like to see team two at the 4-5 turn take Dallas Goddard. That's what yeah. I really would like to see. That makes the most and sense. And then I would be very, very happy with his plan. I'll, I'll tip. Yeah, it'd be great. 
Barkley. Bar- uh, Saquon Barkley went in the mid-second round last Yeah, game. I, I saw it. 208 is where he went. Josh Jacobs did go in the middle of the third. He went at the 307. 307. Um, Farrell, can you talk about the mega running back start that David Hubbard has here with Robinson, Taylor, Barkley, and Harris? And you only have to start two running backs in this format, but you also have two flexes. He is absolutely loaded. I don't know how much running, how many more. I mean, you, you can almost stop taking running backs at this point and just call yeah. receivers, tight ends, and quarterback, right? Well, yeah, and I like a lot of receivers that are still on the board, and and there is one or two tight ends that's going to keep him close to the performance of some of these guys that we see uh, coming off the board so soon. And and it, uh, yeah, he he wants to you know he wants to mix it up a little bit, and why not? And 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 now when Barkley does come back, let's hope when when Barkley does come back, he's going to have a machine. But I think his best pick is Harris in the middle of the fourth. Yeah, and, and let's get to the fourth, let's get to the fourth round here, guys. Uh, Travis Etienne went at the four one, the first running back drafted by Al Leach. Uh, Joe Burrow is off the board as the fifth quarterback drafted to Nelson Burbitt in the four uh, two slot. Joe Mixon is the first running back drafted uh, by Team Ten tonight. Team Ten is uh, is Perenzuela and Corey Hanstein there. You, then you're looking at Calvin Ridley joining Stephon Diggs for Drake and McFarland. A true rainbow start for Petra and Larson. George Kittle joining. Uh, a quarterback, a receiver, and a running back on that team for that start. Peter Overzet does not take a receiver until the uh, fourth round tonight. It's the first time uh, it, he's finally broken the seal, to to borrow a phrase of what a lot of people call drafting receivers in this format is. Uh, Najee Harris to David Hubbard. Christian Watson off the board to Bradley Stalder. Uh, and then you're looking at four receivers for team four here. Those are the Eidelman brothers, Mari Cooper. Joining uh, Cup, Devontae Smith, and Higgins there. Darren Waller, fifth tight end chosen, second one of the fifth round. He goes to Derek Brown. DeAndre Hopkins, the first receiver drafted by Keycon, And then Kyle Pitts off the board as the sixth tight end and the first one chosen by FantasyPoints.com's John Hansen. So lots to unpack in, in this fourth round here. Uh, Terp, you were just talking about it. Pretty surprising to see Overzet wait as long as he did to take a receiver unless what he does in social media is just all a ruse so he can surprise the other 11 people in Crows. Somebody's got to be drafting this for him. I know he's got a live stream up right now, but there's got to be an imposter on the screen. Three rounds, no receivers. It, it, it just can't be him. Overzet's wearing one of those Mission Impossible masks where he's he's wearing, you know, one of the old RBRB bros are, are drafting for him basically in the seven spots. And I'm really surprised uh, to see that. Uh, Farrell, what did you make of no no Dallas Goddard here to Scott Keekone, but – but Hopkins and McLaurin, now what do you make of that start, Mahomes and Hurts? I don't know if it makes it any any more palatable, but certainly it, it, it's nice diversification there. At least he didn't go with a third quarterback in the first five rounds. Encouragement is what is happening in Washington with the moves that they're making there. McLaurin is, is the leader of that team, and a lot of things are going to go through him. I like that. Hopkins uh, Hopkins is in a, a real pivotal, pivotal spot. For what he's doing, and I, what I, what I'll be interested to see is how many drafters, when we get into the late rounds, are going to take another shot uh, with some Titans because he's going to make that entire receiver core better. It's going to be completely different than anything you've ever experienced down there. The quarterback's going to be better. Um, Henry's going to be better. Who got Henry tonight? Oh, Henry is late, and say, yeah, that's a. Hey, uh, team uh, five is uh, sitting there with some excellent running backs. You don't have to pick all running backs to get excellent running backs. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is going to outscore um, uh, 
most of the team fours running backs every week uh, in that offense. So yeah, Hopkins is uh, Hopkins is twelve hundred yards and ten touchdowns in that offense. Uh, FFPC player Scott Hoyt checking this out on Facebook tonight, and he chimed in and he loves the the team four start. That's uh, Jeff and and uh, Alan Eidelman uh, drafting from the four. Now through five rounds, they don't have any running backs here, as Farrell just alluded to, Turp. But you can make this work when you have that many targets on this team, and then you get Justin Fields, a running quarterback, at 504. You can kind of fill in the cracks with running backs here as we move later on. What do you think of Team 4 start? Team 4 and Team 5 are my favorite so far. I mean, Team 4, like you just mentioned, four great receivers, uh, a quarterback that has QB1 upside if everything goes well. And then Team 5, who I just did a draft with Brad recently, mm-hmm. exceptional star, Tyree Kill, Henry Gibbs, Christian Watson, Kenneth Walker. You know, you really can't go wrong with either of those drafts so far. I really like uh, what's happening with Team 4 as well, although I would have gone ahead and got a running back there. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone Fields. And I had a couple calls from after the show last night. Guys wanted to talk about Fields and the fact that he's gonna it's going to look much, much different this year than it did in previous year. And I think they want it to, but I don't know if it's going to look that way or not. So, you know, maybe I've been, maybe I have uh, downgraded fields too much, but I don't want to pay this fifth round price for him. I don't think a lot of these drafters did either. I think I would have rather had Walker Jones. I sure wouldn't have wanted Madison, but Walker Jones there would have been my pick. We are uh, just about through the fifth round here. Trevor Lawrence to John Hanson. That's his starting quarterback at the 501. I already told you McLaurin goes to Scott Key Cohen at the 502. Justin Herbert and Justin Fields. Back-to-back Justin signal callers. Herbert to Brown and then Fields to uh, the Eidelmans. Kenneth Walker is the third running back chosen by Bradley Stalder from Best Ball Fantasy. Dallas Goddard finally goes off the board at the 506. Tight end seven tonight to David Hubbard's team. Five rounds, nary a receiver, and I know he is not worried at all. Drake London joining Debo Samuel in the wide receiver room for Peter Overset squad in the seven hole. Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler will be the backfield for Petri and Larson, at least the top two running backs there. Mike Williams off the board tonight at the 509, joining Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland's team. Brandon Ayuk to uh, Team 10. Tonight, Perenzuela and Hanstein, Alexander Madison to uh, Nelson Verbit squad. Madison is the second running back chosen there. And then another team loading up on receivers, Al Leach's squad from the 12 hole tonight. He gets uh, Christian Kirk as wide receiver 27 uh, off the board. And we are through five rounds here. Uh, you know, Terpa, let me throw this to you. Do you have a preference? And in, in maybe format matters. Maybe it doesn't. Do you have a preference in the back-to-back Justin quarterbacks here that went between Herbert and Fields? Derek Brown had his choice between the two. He went with Herbert over Fields. Your thoughts here? It's Herbert over Fields for me, too. I mean, I like both of them. I'm not going to you know discount anything. Fields definitely has a ton of upside, especially with his rushing ability. But I'm sky high on Herbert. I'd take him in every draft if I could. I mean, just – if you're waiting and you're not getting one of the top three guys, he's the guy that I'm targeting. Yeah. Um, so so um, the the other player I wanted to mention here, Aaron Jones, and again, maybe this is more of a question for me, but Farrell, I, I continue to think that this guy's going too late. We know what Terp thinks of the Packers' offense here. He's very high on it. Your thoughts on Aaron Jones falling to the 508 for Petri and Larson here to, as their second running back? You don't want to let players ever drop to these guys, you know, because they'll they'll just chew you up. And it, it they know value and they know where to get and they draft all the time. So you know they know what they're waiting on, and and it's uh, they don't have to they don't have to consult Darren's mojo book because they have it memorized. I'm not too, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tease 
uh, who they drafted in the sixth round there, but I, I don't like their sixth round pick. Balky, we can't get out of the fifth round until Terp and I talk about Dallas Goddard because I think uh, I think this is one situation that we can agree on uh, that that we love Dallas Goddard and and think he becomes a steal here and as the only tight end drafted in the fifth round. You, when you look at his numbers. You got to remember, it's just twelve games last year. Uh, if this if this player can get a full season in, uh, he could look at the type season that, uh, as a healthy player in this offense, with the maturation of the quarterback and what's happening with the running game, uh, with Sanders uh, moving on, uh, he could have a Hawkinson-like year. And, and man, that would be great value if he did for that team. One hundred percent agree with you. On all aspects, He's yeah. Well, later on, we'll talk about Ezekiel Elliott, and the love fest will end. <laughs> I think Dave um, Hubbard, somebody's drafting his team tonight. So, what's? I mean, I don't listen. I don't pay as close attention as I should to individual team builds, or as far as which FFPC player is doing it. Uh, you tell me, Terp. I mean, five running backs in the first six rounds and a tight end. Um, he's really loading up at the position. He's really he's going to have to pound receivers here at some point. Are you surprised by the Acres pick in the sixth round? One hundred percent. He's one of the best of the game. So he he could be messing around. He could be just trying to do something different. Zigging when everybody's zagging. Do I think it's going to work in this format? No, but I mean, like I said, he's one of the best in the game. Receivers are going to get ugly here soon. So I would think he's going to pound them soon. He loves dumpster diving in the quarterback ranks. So. I don't expect to see them anytime soon, but receivers you would think got to be the next four, maybe five picks. Well, you know what? They are going to get ugly. They get a little prettier as you get to the double digits, but I agree with, with Terp. Seven, eight, nine receivers, picking some of those guys there is, is, is it gets a little, gets a little difficult because there's a lot of good players left on the board that you would want to pick. Uh, in those numbers, and but when you're forced to begin to pick a receiver, uh, it, that's not a good place to be in. Oh, there's a good one that just went off the board. Yes, uh, for sure. Um, now I gotta I gotta point this out, Scott Hoyt, and let's talk about this strategy, Farrell. He thinks that Hubbard's playing defense here, taking running backs off the table for other teams, um, and and we do look at some of the teams out here. Last Key Cohen has no running backs. John Hansen only one running back so far. Overzet only has one running back. Uh, Perenzuela and Hanstein only have one running back. And then obviously Al Leach in the 12 spot only has one running back. If you see something like this happening in the middle of your draft, again, from the sixth spot, um, does that make you change your draft strategy in the middle of it and maybe go a little bit deeper into your running back bag that you probably didn't plan on doing as early as you are now because of what Hubbard's doing? Well, hell no, because if, if the least important fantasy football position on your FFPC team is the backup running back, is well, the number two running back. And so we're going to mix in a bunch of guys later on, and we'll find number two production that'll, that'll get us by. I mean, so, no, I, I don't necessarily need, this, especially oversets coming out of what, the seven position? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, when you when you have McCaffrey, and he'll probably do some things to protect McCaffrey's interest in the, in um, his team, and then he'll go on and build some running backs that'll put together enough weeks where his number two running back will will score similarly to guys that are picked into three rounds, three and four round. If you get enough of them, 
and and he will because yeah you know he knows what he's doing three jaguars in a row is the strategy that al leach just took probably not on purpose but it worked out that way etn in the fourth christian kirk in the fifth evan engram leads off the sixth round here at the 601 bunch of wide receivers then off the board dj moore to verbit deontay johnson goes to perenzuela and handstein lockett to drake and mcfarland Godwin goes off the board to Petra and Larson and then Marquise Brown to Peter Overzet. We already talked about the Cam Akers pick to Hubbard. J.K. Dobbins, the fourth running back drafted by Bradley Stalder here in the first six rounds. Michael Pittman, that's the pick that Farrell likes so much. Five receivers drafted by Team Four tonight, the Eidelman brothers. They have loaded up on the receivers, five receivers in the first six rounds, I should say. And then a bunch of running backs to end the six rounds. Damian Pierce to Derek Brown, Miles Sanders to Key Cohen, and then Rashad White, the second running back drafted by John Hansen here. Okay, let's look at this uh, this sixth round. Farrell, you didn't like Petra and Larson's pick of Chris Godwin at the 605. Do you just not like Godwin in general this year as far as his ADP goes, or do you not like him as far as that fit on the team, the way that uh, Petra and Larson are building that squad? I don't like the fit, and I've read some injury reports that I don't like what's going on with his body. And, and, it, it, uh, and it's not that I don't like Godwin. But, you know, it, look, Brown went, Pittman went. I would have much preferred Pittman there. He, you know, I just bragged on these guys being able to find value, and I think it belonged to Pittman as a true number one receiver with a good placeholder quarterback and a, and a, and a rookie quarterback that's coming in that when he plays will target him. Now, guys, what would have really been ballsy about team number 12 because I did not like his Keenan Allen pick. I would have preferred Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Watson or Cooper, I like all the guys in the fourth round better than Keenan Allen. But, you know, if he had gone Calvin Ridley, he could have then had a superfecta of, of um, it would have been great. He could have had four Jags in a row. And, you know, anyone associated with the Jags will agree with team number 12. They think they're going to win it all this year, too. You know, um, are, so it's and, great. If, and, Terp, you obviously love ETN in the fourth round this year. Big fan, nothing wrong with that. I would try to figure out a way to get the quarterback, but they really never had the opportunity to do so mm-hmm. with Lawrence going a little earlier than he's, you know, he's been going. But that team's a great team to bet on this year. The offense is clear-cut in that division, best team, probably third, maybe fourth, best team in the AFC behind KC and the Bengals. The future's up for, for them, and the time is now. I mean, it's really hard not to like what they're building there. The offense is, I mean, you're getting – Maybe the wide receiver one on the team, definitely the running back one and the tight end who just signed a nice deal. I wouldn't take three guys from the same team, but if you're going to do it, that's a good team to do it from. But he would have taken four because he wanted Ridley too besides Allen. Didn't you want Ridley besides mm, Allen? Come on, me. sir. You I'm Keenan Allen over Allen, Ridley, for God's sake. I mean, I'll, I, bet, I'll bet on the Chargers over those Jags this year, offensive-wise. i tell you one thing, a little insider thing, guys, on the Jags. The front office talent that they're assembling and the coaching talent, this this team is this team's got the best people around the room with some very good ascending players. I, I like the Jags this year. I absolutely love Kirk. We we have not well. I think we touched on it a little bit. I want to get back to Bradley Stalder's uh, start here. Terp Henry, Jameer Gibbs, Kenneth Walker, now J.K. Dobbins. Four running backs in the first six rounds. He takes Mike Evans in the seventh here. Um, no tight ends, no quarterback so far. I think he is the only team that has not that does not have either one. Yeah, he does not have either one right now. What do you make a Stalder start here with all these backs and, and a few receivers as well? 
I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I mean, tight ends right now, if you're not getting one of the, like, the five in a row, the Hawkinsons, the Goddards, the Kittles, the Pitts, the Wallers, it, to me, it's just wait and just take a couple of them and, and hopefully one of them breaks out like they do every year. Receivers, I mean, Mike Evans, I'm not really crazy about the Bucks offense this year, but Mike Evans has plenty of touchdown upside, even with Dusty Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And the running backs – Outside of Hubbard's team right next to him are by far the best. I mean, if Walker takes that job, the future is with that team, this could be a league winner. I was talking like, go ahead, Farrell. Well, I, you, you know, our, our beloved John Terry in the chat room joins a lot of people from the Philadelphia area, area that, that really like to throw shade on talented running backs around the league. And, and I, I really want to hear Terp's idea of, of Derrick Henry um, because now with my belief in Hopkins of what that's going to do with the offense, they're going to move the chains and they're going to have different down and distances and they're going to be in the red zone more often. And if you look at Derrick Henry's stats, all fantasy drafters say, oh, I would rather be one year ahead of before Henry doesn't play well or some something like when have you never when have you seen Henry not play well and you've got 300 plus carries even if you don't get 350 you got 300 plus carries the guy caught 33 balls last year 33 balls and and you know the the safety um, the the safety that's going to move to Hopkins side is going to free up the middle of the field now all he has to get past is the linebacker this is a fabulous situation for this player and you know, congrats, congratulations to team number five with what they're putting together. It's a fantastic mixture of opportunity, age, and youth. He's got, you know, in his receivers, he's got Christian Watson, an ascending player. He's got Evans, who I believe will be catching touchdowns from trash. He's got uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah, this is this is team five is a team. Team five is uh, is Bradley Staller from BestBellFantasy.com. One of the Joes, or one of the pros tonight. Beg He's a pro. A pro's putting together a team like that. A pro is putting together a team like that. You got it. Um, let's get through the seven. Joe is a wingman. Jordan Addison, another uh, pro, uh, drafted him tonight. That's John Hanson from uh, FantasyPoints.com. David Montgomery and Alvin Kamara off the board to keep going, and then uh, Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros takes Kamara as his third running back. Deshaun Watson joining Justin Fields on Team Eidelman here. Uh, Watson and Field, I believe that is the second team to double up on quarterbacks. So they have uh, they drafted the eighth quarterback off the board. Nobody took another one for a couple of rounds, and now they get the ninth quarterback off the board here at the seven hundred four. Bunch of receivers here. We already talked about Evans the Stalder. George Pickens is going to be the top receiver, or at least the first drafted receiver by David Hubbard tonight. Jackson Smith and Jigba right after him as the fourth receiver for Peter Overzet. DeAndre Swift going to Frying Pan Inc. Uh, Pat Fryermuth starting at tight end for Brian Drake from Fighting Chance Fantasy. PFF and then Dwayne McFarland, who's sharing that team with them from Fantasy Life. James Conner, Javante Williams, and James Cook off the board tonight. Conner to uh, Perenzuela and Hanstein Williams to Verbit, and then Cook to Leach to complete the seventh round. Terp, uh, Farrell and I were talking about this last night. I said I was kind of surprised that Javante Williams isn't moving up further in drafts um, because of the the news that he's not going to be placed on pup. Farrell said this is it's a Sunday draft. You got to wait till Monday, Balky, and he's going to start climbing. Well, sure enough, uh, he was an eighth rounder. I think he was an eighth round pick last night. Tonight he's moved up to the seventh round. Terp, how high is he going to go? Uh, could he be a fifth round pick before too long? It's possible. I mean, all the news is positive. I mean, I still have had my doubts and, and will continue to have my doubts until shown otherwise. 
Um, I don't think you're going to see much of him in preseason. Yeah, he might be out there practicing a little bit and messing around, but he's not playing any preseason games. So you're never going to get your eyes on if he's actually ready or not. To me, seventh round Javante Williams is not a winning proposition. Um, I know a lot of people this, you know, are coming out saying, oh, if all the news is bright, they have nobody else. They just have P. Ryan. They would have put him on the pup list if he wasn't ready. That's all true, but Javante Williams is not for me. I said I wouldn't have any shares of him, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, Farrell, the news that we got today, and, and you know, um, I hope that Naheem Hines has a fast and speedy recovery. Um, certainly, a, what a freak accident that was. That's Devastating. Awesome to see. It just, just horrible. Um, but James Cook, uh, I'm, I'm wondering how this affects him. Farrell, do you expect Buffalo to go out and sign somebody? Perhaps James Cook's brought James Cook, James Cook's brother, Dalvin Cook, or um, is, is should Cook be rising up right now because of knowing Naheem Hines? Oh, and guys, I apologize. I did not. Will you uh, edify me as to the situation of uh, Naheem Hines? I was in the he, he was, was in the I, cardiologist's office all day with my mom. I can tell you all about the benefits <laughs> of the propolol. But I don't know anything about Naheem Hines. It was it, it sucked. I mean, he was basically sitting on a jet ski, a stationary on a jet ski, and he got hit by another rider um, on another jet ski and tore his ACL. So he's out for the year. Um, could have been way back. worse. It could have been way worse. That's true. Uh, but hopefully he'll be back in 2024. But Farrell, he's not playing for the Bills in 2023. Okay. Well, yeah, the Bills, and and they'll look over these available running backs, and, and that would be an attractive landing spot for any available running back. So, yeah, there's guys there that will come and play. Uh, oh, the Dizzle is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not to, to be clear, I'm not advocating like, oh, this is a big fantasy loss for Hines, but I'm wondering what it does for James Cook's status. Well, yes, it, it, it elevates Cook's, but you take the market and bring in a new player, and now everybody changes. And there's they had a spot in their mind for Hines. They were invested in him. He's a good player. Now your complete board changes is what you expect out of all the other players based on who you sign. Or based on what Buffalo likely does, they'll go out and sign another possession receiver. It's, it's, a luck, it's lucky Beasley's off the market. They would be running to Beasley if he was available. So, no, um, Cooks, uh, Cooks is looking at a good year no matter who's there. It's not often we see a team double up on quarterback before they take their first running back. That's crazy. Uh, we, we saw it not only once, but we saw it twice tonight with the Eidelmans taking Deshaun Watson as uh, their second quarterback before taking Samaje Pirine in the in the eighth round. Terp, I, I, I this is not something I would do. Can you can you tell me the thought process or what you think the thought process might have been in doubling up with Fields and Watson here in the fifth and seventh for Team Eidelman in the four spot? I mean, I don't think I would do it. I mean, it, it, it's worked out for them, and it probably will work out because there's going to pound running backs here coming out. They also don't have a tight end, so it's just you're behind the eight ball in two positions. If anything falls, you really can't take anything. You can't – if a receiver that is falling right now, who I don't believe has been drafted, falls to you, you can't take them. And it's like you, you got to try to fill out the room when you're kind of just when – you, when you're starting five receivers, two quarterbacks before anything else – you're just so, so, no matter the format, can it work? Of course it can work, but to me it's a flawed system and it's a system that it has to be the perfect storm for it to work out for you long-term. We are, 
We are through eight rounds here, uh, gentlemen. David and Joku, 801 tonight, uh, doubling up on tight end. I think the first team to double up on tight ends tonight was Al Leach. He gets Al, uh, Evan Engram in the sixth, and then he goes ahead and uh, and drafts David and Joku, a guy who went to Josh Latz from the 11 spot last night. He goes to the 12 tonight. Uh, David and Joku backing up Engram for Leach. Traylon Burks off the board to Nelson Verbit, followed by the second team to double up on tight ends. Tyler Higby joining TJ Hawkinson to Perenzuela and Hanstein there. Jahan Dotson is going to be the number five receiver for Drake and McFarland. Dak Prescott now joining Josh Allen on FPI's team here from the eight spot. Prescott at the 805. Gabe Davis, the fifth straight receiver drafted like Peter, uh, drafted by Peter Overzet here. Then you're looking at Elijah Moore to David Hubbard to Atunga Bailoa pairing up with Tyreek Hill for Bradley Stalder's team from the five-hole. Samanje Piran, the first running back drafted by Team Eidelman. Then Quentin Johnston, the third receiver drafted by Fantasy Pros, Derek Brown, Isaiah Pacheco off the board to Scott Kikon, and then uh, Sky Moore wrapping things up in the eighth round. Uh, the 8-12 tonight, wide receiver 43 for John Hansen and Fantasy Points. Uh, Terp, clearly, um, you know, I, didn't Pete Overzet just have a kid a few months ago? He Maybe did. he was... He was on daddy duty and and first three uh, rounds, but so and, far and he's back he had on the brand real quick. I, that's what I'm saying. I think he had the babysitter drafting for him the first three rounds um, while he was handling the kid, and now he is he has given the duties of the of the brand new baby overset back to the babysitter, and he has taken over this squad with five straight receivers. He's on the clock here in the ninth round, but Debo Samuel, Drake London, Marquise Brown, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and Gabe Davis Turp. This is what we're normally used to seeing from an overset squad. 100%. He's back on brand. I expect another receiver here. He has his yep. anchor running back with McCaffrey. Obviously solidified the, the Jackson Andrews. It, it all makes sense now. He's probably, in my opinion, second, maybe third best team so far. The other thing, and I'll bring this up from um, from the Dizzle in the, in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, he points out how Derek Brown and uh, Petri and Larson both have taken backup quarterbacks uh, when their flex still needs to be addressed. Uh, Farrell, I'll let you weigh in on this and wax poetic on it. Where do you fall in on that? Are you with Dizzle, or can you see the method of the madness here? Well, look, I'm with Dizzle all the time. Dizzle, you know, Dizzle says it, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be painted as a yes man, but you know, you're known by the company you keep. And when you're keeping company with Dizzle, you're in good company. 100%. Now, uh, I, I have some things I would like to comment about in the eighth round. May I go for it? I think Bucky, you right now. I think uh, that's fan, the turf. That's dangerous too. This is fantastic. You want to have our Ezekiel Elliott cover? No, not okay. yet. Not all right, well, all right. Now look, we're ruined. Okay, first of all, there's no way Sky Moore should be available here in, in this eighth round. I, I don't understand. Why was, pardon me. Especially, Especially now, now. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and so then, you know, and, and I, we talked favorably about Tony last night, uh, even before this latest incident, I looked it up. I had to check myself on that. It's not 34 possible games in Tony's career. He's a, he's been available for 19 of them. We're concerned about contract availability. Let's get a little concerned about injury availability. Let's talk about the Kansas city chiefs because after Kelsey last year, um, their leading receiver was Smith Schuster, and I believe he caught 78 balls. Somebody's going to step into a similar role uh, and do it, and it, it, it may be more. And then Pachinko, 
Uh, team number two, when they took Pacheco, that was just that was just fantastic. They followed up with Tony, and I immediately lost all respect for him. But <laughs> nevertheless, you know, it's a long draft, and so you know, we we we, we come and go with uh, with the respect. But that's that's what I the, it 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 confuses me so much. An offensive juggernaut of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Sky Moore and Pacheco going in the, in the ninth round. I don't I don't get it. Uh, we're through the uh, the ninth, guys. There's some picks here that we should discuss here. Um, four quarterbacks go off the board this round, including one tight end, only three running backs. Rashad Penny, one of those running backs. He goes with uh, Brees Hall and Rashad White to John Hansen's fantasy points team. Kadarius Tony, a player we're going to talk about, player we have been talking about already. Want to get your thoughts on him going to Scott Keiko in here again? Kansas City stack in full effect for Team 2. Daniel Jones, second quarterback drafted by Derek Brown. A.J. Dillon off the board to Team Eidelman, followed by Anthony Richardson. Back-to-back quarterbacks here, Tunga Bailoa and Anthony Richardson to Bradley Stalder. Michael Thomas is the third wide receiver drafted by David Hubbard. Rashad Bateman, the sixth straight receiver drafted by Peter Overzet. Brandon Cooks, the third receiver selected by FPI. Cooks goes off the board. Wide receiver 47 at the 9.08 tonight. Geno Smith, the first quarterback selected by Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland. Kirk Cousins, the first quarterback selected by Team 10, Roy Perenzuela and Corey Hanstein. Dalton Schultz off the board is the first tight end selected by Nelson Verbit and Antonio Gibson, wrapping things up here in the ninth round to Al Leach. Kadarius Toney, um, a player that uh, tweaked uh, an injury, uh, that now he's hurt. He's probably going to be missing some time in the preseason. This is something, Terp, that we've been very used to seeing uh, last year and and even with his time with the Giants. But wide receiver 44 in the ninth round when you already have Kelsey Mahomes, maybe it makes some sense there. I tweeted today, if Kadarius Tony beats me, I can sleep good at night. I think I liked because that tweet, if I remember it's, correctly. It's, that was it's, good. it's the truth and it's something I'm going to stand by. If he beats me, he beats me. There's a talent there. Obviously, the talent's there. No one will ever get that Dallas game out of his mind where he was just juking everybody, just a monster on the field. But let's just call it what it is. He can't stay healthy. And the only reason he's getting drafted in the ninth round tonight is because he has Patrick Mahomes. If Darius Tony was on some other right. average team, he's 13th, 14th, 15th round. If not, if not, if not he's DJ Chark possibly down down deep in, in Carolina. He's Wandell Robinson. Wandell Robinson, another one. But he's with Patrick Mahomes, and they, they don't yeah, really have anybody cool. else. So he's getting pushed up. To me, you bet on town, and I get all that stuff, but you're, you're taking a ninth-round Tony over some of these other guys that, to me, are just better and in just as good at spots. I'm passing on Kadarius Tony. It's not something I was doing a lot early. I mean, he was I was probably like average with the field, but I'm glad I don't have him any big spots yet because as of now, and I don't believe it will change, he will not be on many of my teams. For well, FBI guys, um, they really they really jumped back here uh, in the in the ninth round because they've got a number two receiver in Brandon Cooks and they got him in the ninth round and I think that's fantastic drafting. I'm so you know Thomas and Bateman you can make arguments but uh, Cooks would be my guy here. Farrell, we know what Terp's thoughts are on Tony. If we look at the fantasy mojo, if we get get the mojo on him. By the way, if you are playing in the FFPC. You have not subscribed to fantasymojo.com. Make sure you're doing that. Darren Armani, not only the godfather of that website, he's the godfather of the pros versus Joe's competition, puts that website together and the PVJ competition every year. Follow him on Twitter at fantasymojo. Well worth it if you can uh, if you can swing it, which you should be able to if you're playing uh, for a million bucks in the main event or a million bucks in the fantasy pros championship. 
the mojo on Tony coming up before the injury announcement was 701. So you're basically getting two rounds of value here uh, that Kiko and got. And when you could, when you, you know, you consider the stack possibility here with Kelsey Mahomes and Tony, two rounds of value. I, I have no problem with that pick there, Farrell. Your thoughts? I didn't like it. And um, because of the other players that are on the board, and you're already sufficiently invested in this team, uh, let everyone else chase who's going to be the next Schuster. There's reasons to like all the chief players, including Tony. Tony is not available. And, 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 you know, but let, Thomas is going to be counted on. Bateman is going to be counted on. Cooks uh, is in a fantastic position. Why not, uh, you know, those guys are all looking at, at 75 catches, and if not more. There's no reason to keep investing in that team. You've already got the best parts of it, is what I'm saying. The uh, 10th round is nearly complete. Let's take you through it right now. Jared Goff is well, the first quarterback selected by Al Leach. That's his number one quarterback there. Dalvin Cook, the aforementioned Dalvin Cook, goes to Nelson Burbitt at the 10.02. Elijah Mitchell to uh, Perenzuela and Hanstein at the 10.03 tonight as their number three running back. Aaron Rodgers backing up Geno Smith for Drake and McFarland. It's so funny. Rodgers would never do that in real life, but he does it here for Drake and McFarland. Dalton Kincaid, the second tight end drafted by FPI. Zach Charbonnet. After Overzet does not take another running back uh, since taking McCaffrey in the first round, he now takes his second running back in the 10th round, Zach Charbonnet at the 10.06. Jamison Williams, the fourth straight receiver, drafted by David Hubbard. Uh, David Hubbard, Zay Flowers off the board to Bradley Stalder, and then Brian Robinson, the third straight running back, drafted by Team Eidelman there. That's Jeff and Alan Eidelman. Uh, Cortland Sutton to the Fantasy Pros Pro, Derek Brown at the 10.10. Romeo Dobbs at the 10.11, and Chig Oconquo, off the board at the 10-12. I look at um, uh, David Hubbard's team, and this is all the rage right now in the YouTube chat. People are saying uh, somebody needs to tell Dave that he still needs to draft the quarterback. Dave knows he needs to draft the quarterback. In fact, uh, Dave uh, the Dizzle Gerzak has a solution. If he wants to get the quarterback here in the 11-12, he could go with Derek Carr and Kenny Pickett for the double you-know-what stack. Uh, I'm not going to say it on YouTube. I don't want any problems with our channel, but you know what it is. Terp. Should Hubbard be nervous at this point, not having a quarterback 10 rounds no, into this? He shouldn't be nervous. He's coming back to, you know, from that weird start, five running backs and a tight end the first six rounds. He's coming back. Does his receiver is the sexiest room out there? No, it's not, but it has plenty of potential. You know, Pickens could easily be the number one receiver there. Elijah Moore could easily become the number one receiver for Watson. Michael Thomas could be healthy, highly doubtful, but it's still possible. And Jamison Williams, after six games, could be a league winner. I mean, it's it's risky strategy, and it's my guess a strategy he would never use in a bigger you know contest. But he's coming back, and there's plenty of quarterbacks left that he could easily mix around. He loves dumpster diving, and he's he's staying on brand right now. He is staying on brand. He's on the clock right now. Once again, David Hubbard's team start off with four straight running backs: Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, Barkley, Najee Harris. Then he briefly went to tight end in Dallas Goddard before getting Cam Akers. He's been peeing yellow ever since then. George Pickens, <laughs> Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas, and Jamison Williams. Uh, Terp, uh, beg your pardon, not Terp, uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak in the YouTube chat right now saying that he loved the Jamison Williams pick at the 10.07. Farrell, what do you make about the 11.06 pick? Hubbard finally has his quarterback. Do you like it in Russell Wilson? Mm, no, I don't. <laughs> but um, I love it. 
I can't particularly say why, you know, who else I would have picked because I'm not looking. I'm not, I'm not looking at the available quarterbacks. Balky, why don't you give me four available quarterbacks real quick? Four available quarterbacks that have not been selected. Let's see what I can whip up here for you. That, that this, these are all players that um, Hubbard could have gone with instead of Russell Wilson. Derek Carr, Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, Matthew Stafford, Tyler Murray, they're all still out there. Yeah, there's not a lot there. So, I, I you know, I would defer to what Terp says, and I'm not going to love it, but I'm going to say it, it really doesn't matter because he's going to put together three. And, you know, Terp, do you particularly love Wilson, or do you just think that's the best of what's left? Uh, I definitely like him. I like him over a couple guys got drafted over him. Yeah, um, but why? What 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 is it about Wilson? Your regime, fresh start. You know. Well, I agree. All those things are beneficial, but I plenty of weapons. Yes, sir. I mean, a lot of the same ones you had last year. Coming <laughs> tight end. I did say that last year, and I was totally wrong. Lost a lot of money on that disaster of a team. I'll be the first one to admit it, but it's a different year. You can't remember last year. Well, yeah, Matt I'm Davis not holding not an any idiot. grudges about Russell Wilson, but my goodness, if my strategy is to wait on quarterback, I'm going to look at my available. Am I saying he's going to be my starter like in a managed league? No. But in a best ball league where you can easily drop three guys out there, to me he's the perfect guy with plenty of upside that you saw at the end of the season. I mean, Fair enough. I'll buy, I'll buy into as... that logic. I'll buy well, into and, that. And guys, I'll just point this out too. Like, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson in 2023 fan in the world. You know, I'm just not. But I will say this: I don't think it can get much worse for Wilson. I, I, I think that there's going to be a regression in the mean this year. And I also think his value is depressed based on um, what happened last year, with so many people drafted him and were super disappointed, and now they're letting him fall. And and I and I feel like even though I don't necessarily like Wilson all that much. If I can take advantage of the ADP, all he has to do is just not, you know, suck as much as he did last year, which I don't – it's really difficult for me to see him doing that. It would be really, really hard to see him look as bad. I mean, watching those games last year was so painful. Just – it was – especially early in the season, just dreadful to watch him. When we were in Las Vegas, didn't they play the Sunday night game against Seattle on Sunday night football? Dreadful. And And, you were just like, all right, he's not losing this game. He's not losing this game. He's going to find a way. And they were just awful. Everyone, and, you know, is is coaching, and it. Uh, and there's going to be less quarterback coaches in the room this year. I appreciated that. <laughs> Who are the two quarterbacks that were drafted previously that you would have taken Wilson over? Aaron Rodgers. And I probably would take him over Kirk Cousins. Oh my goodness, Kirk Cousins. Okay, there's our steak bet for steak dinner bet. For <laughs> nah, next I'm, year. Not, I'm, not, I'm not jumping on that. He's not. I'll take Cousins, and you can have Wilson. Nah, and, we'll find another one. I'm not that. Well, now wait a minute. What one. was wrong with that? You just well, stated. It, okay, so so two two Terps point here. He would have taken Cousins over Wilson, but I don't think he's prepared to die on that hill. That I'm not dying on that hill. There's that a lot of hills I'll die Tomahawk, on. Anybody versus hill. Christian Watson. Sign me up for whatever you want. I'm in. There's a lot of other guys we can sign up for. I'm on, you know, that I would love to to jump on. Maybe there's well, something. I'll wait, I'll wait for your salvo then. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Can't there's wait. somebody we can look at in the 11th round here as we are 
complete here, guys. John Hansen takes Khalil Herbert as his fourth running back. Uh, the fourth running back selected by Scott Key Cohen is Damian Harris from Buffalo. Nico Collins off the board, number five receiver for Derek Brown. Jalen Warren, the fourth consecutive running back drafted by Jeff and Al Eidelman here. Devon Achain, the number five running back for Bradley Stalder. We already talked about Russell Wilson to David Hubbard. Uh, his real-life teammate, Greg Dulcich, goes as the next pick off the board to Peter Overzet at the 11.07. Jarek McKinnon joining Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Swift in the backfield for Frying Pan Inc. Jamal Williams from the New Orleans Saints is the third running back selected by Drake and McFarland. Matthew Stafford will be backing up Kirk Cousins for uh, Team 10. That's Roy Perenzuela and Corey Hanstein. Uh, then you're looking at Gerald Everett as the second tight end drafted by Nelson Verbit. Darnell Mooney off the board as the number five receiver for Al Leach in the 12 spot tonight. Jalen Warren... Goes off the board at the 11.04 turp uh, tonight to Team Eidelman. How do you foresee that that backfield um, being distributed this year as far as touches and volume? We saw Warren chip into it towards the end of last season. Has he carved out his own role there? Should you be nervous if you're drafting a guy like Najee Harris in the fourth round because of the be presence of Warren? To be honest, I think he's too good to be kept off the field. I think he's a talented kid. Um, I think they, they're, they're, they're starting to see what, they, you know, what, they, what it potentially has. Najee Harris in the fourth round is, is not for me. It's too rich. I mean, he's so, you know, if he doesn't catch the passes that he did when he was a rookie, he's so tight and he's so touchdown dependent, which is they're better offensive line. So that's possible. But adding Darnell Washington uh, definitely helps because he's the best blocking tight end probably that's come out in probably the last five years. Just an absolute monster. But I just think Jalen Warren's going to be more of like a 60 40 guy on the 40 side. Mm-hmm. And that's, way with tons of potential that if Najee Harris goes down, Jalen Warren's one of my highest owned guys. I know a lot of people, you know, it's, it's way too, way too cheap for me for a guy like that with that much potential. I mean, he's a Najee injury, Najee Harris injury away from being a potential league winner. 12th round. Let's talk about it. The YouTube chat is talking about it guys. Sam Laporta. The first team to draft three tight ends tonight is Al Leach. Evan Engram, in the sixth, in the eighth round, he takes David Njoku. In the twelfth round, he gets Sam Laporta. Derek Carr to go with Joe Burrow, says Nelson Verbit from the 11 hole. KJ Osborne joining his real-life teammate. Kirk Cousins on uh, Team 10, Perenzuela and Hanstein. Tank Bigsby is the fourth running back drafted by Drake and McFarland. Jacoby Myers off the board as the fourth receiver to FPI. Kendra Miller, another Saints running back, gets selected. Running back 46 overall. Running back three for Peter Overzet. Kenny Pickett off the board to David Hubbard. Back-to-back uh, uh, quarterbacks here, Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett. Uh, Bradley Stalder takes Rondale Moore as his number five receiver. Irv Smith goes to um, Team Eidelman here as their number one tight end. Roshan Johnson, the fourth running back to Derek Brown. Uh, Odell Beckham joining uh, Tony Dobbs, McLaurin, and Hopkins in that wide receiver room for Scott Keekohen. And then Jordan Love, the summer of love. It's going on right now, and it's going on with John Hansen and his fantasy point squad as he has love backing up Lawrence. Um, the What was the thing I saw? Rich Billiou, our good buddy Rich Billiou, said in the chat that he loves the 1206 pick of Kendra Miller uh, to uh, to Peter Overs at Turf. Do you like that pick as well? Kendra Miller is now the number three running back on his team. I don't mind the pick. And him, him obviously opening camp on the pup list is definitely a worry coming off a pretty serious injury in college last year. It's definitely something I'm worried about. I drafted a ton of them early. It's definitely slowed down a lot. I feel like that's just going to be a three-headed, ugly monster. I don't really think that any one of them will have standalone value. I mean, obviously injuries happen. You know, you know, things could change. But in the 12th round, he can do a lot worse. He's a ton of potential. It's just a question of 
on a team that's the favorite to win that division, are they going to trust him over a guy that has paid money to in Jamal Williams, Kamara, who obviously you've, we've seen flashes in the past uh, of big playability, who's kind of, you know, was tailed off a little bit last year. We don't know about the suspension this year. So Kendry Miller is definitely a guy to watch. I feel like he's going to fall a little bit down draft boards being, you know, everybody sees the pup next to the name and they get scared. I don't know. I'm like kind of in the middle with him right now. He, he's not somebody I'm targeting a ton, but it's not a bad pick at that spot. Welcome to the top of the hour here on FFPC Pros versus Joe's night number two. We are doing live coverage of the FFPC Pros versus Joe's uh, Garrison Pub League uh, tonight. Remember, all 12 of these teams are competing for first place in this league. Uh, there is no second place prize. First place will be a free entry into the 2024 FFPC main event. Six FFPC Joes taking on six industry pros here. And I want to talk about one of those FFPC Joes with you, Farrell Elliott, KFFSC commissioner. I would have thought in this format, which is a best ball slim, 20 rounds, no kickers, no defenses, no lineup submissions, no problem. I would have thought if I'm Al Leach, I'm good with Engram and Njoku, right? Um I, and I wouldn't have gone to tight end again. He actually did go to tight end again, and he went already in the 12th round. I like Sam Laporta. I don't necessarily know if I love it for Al Leach's squad the way that he already had his tight ends, in my opinion, taken care of. Yeah, he's it's a good team. I like his team. Laporta, um, no, not here. Uh, and I and I understand the upside. And we talked about him last night, and there's no use us saying the same things about him here. But uh, sometimes you just can't resist. And, you know, I'm not a particular fan of his Mooney pick. And so perhaps he just wanted to take somebody um, that he that he could project some talented rookie production later in the year. You know, he's probably looking at these other guys and saying, you know, Ingram just got a big contract. So in Ingram's like, you know, he Ingram might grow alligator arms again and Joku's a little bit unproven although he's uh, tons of athletic talent and I think it shows this year so maybe that's why we uh we're about to finish the 13th round Cole Komet the third tight end drafted by John Hansen at the 1301 Tyler Boyd to Scott Keekone followed by Rasheed Rice the Kansas City Chiefs receiver um Scott Keekone had an opportunity to draft Rasheed Rice there he did not do it uh, he goes to Derek Brown with the very next pick. Ty J. Spears, the fifth running back drafted in the last six rounds for Team Eidelman. Zay Jones at the 13.05 tonight as the number six receiver for Best Ball Fantasy's Bradley Stalder. Mike Kosicki going to David Hubbard as he gets his second tight end there. Tyler Algier to Peter Overzet, Juju Smith-Schuster to Frying Pan Inc. at the 13.08. We are now 61 receivers deep in this draft. No, make it 62 because Alan Lazard went off the board right after that. To Brian Drake from Fighting Chance Fantasy and Dwayne McFarland from Fantasy Life. Kenneth Gainwell, 13.10 pick to uh, Perenzuela and Hanstein, followed by Adam Thielen, the number one question mark receiver for Carolina this year. He'll be the number six exclamation point receiver for Nelson Verbit. And then Kyler Murray off the board as the second quarterback drafted by Al Leach. Turf, what do you make of Tyler Murray this year? A lot of talent, was going higher in drafts this year. Now he's coming off the ACL. No DeAndre Hopkins. There's a lot to dislike about the Cardinals offense. Is there a lot to like about Kyler Murray here in the 13th round? As your number two quarterback with you know plenty of upside, obviously, coming off the injury does scare me, though. There is a world where he does not play this year. Mm -hmm. I think that's not out of the realm of possibilities, and that's scary when it comes to the basketball format when you're usually, you know, with Kyler Murray, you're usually probably going to go with a three-quarterback build. And with Jared Goff as your number one, 
it's just definitely a dangerous and a, and a wild card situation. If he plays, and if he plays early in the season, it could be the, one of the best values in fantasy football right now because they are going to be terrible. And they are and going Kyler to be Murray is time. Kyler Murray is fun to watch on the field. It's I the personally rest, think he's a terrible quarterback, but it's, it's, it's the rest of the hours yeah, of the week yeah. that make From him. From the neck up, I think he's just a zero out of ten. Yeah. But it's, it's, Talent-wise, you, you've seen flashes. He's shown plenty of big payability. Will he still be running the ball after coming off the injury? You don't know. You know, could they be trying to t- tank for Caleb Williams? You don't know. There's a lot of wild like, – I'd rather just mix around the position players that are a little ugly, um, the Trey McBrides, the, you know, Rondell Moores, Marquise Brown, mm. James Conner, et cetera, and not bet on a quarterback who might not even be interested in playing. You just got to make sure that uh... – that Call of Duty needs to take away those double points weekends or whatever it is, because then Murray will be engrossed in the playbook. He will be ready to play. He won't have to be worried about Call of Duty and getting those extra power-ups or whatever it is. I don't know. I got to ask my kid about Not that my kid plays Call of Duty, but my kid probably knows more about Call of Duty. Terp, you don't play Call of Duty, do you? No. I haven't played okay. a video game in probably 20 years. Yeah, that's where I'm at kind of too. Like I have friends that still play, um, but I, I kind of gave it up. It just, I, don't I don't have time, have time for that for anymore. Exactly. That's my point. It's yeah. not because I disliked it. I still love playing it. I just don't have a chance to anymore. I do have I a chance here. Can't wait ahead, for the Carol. show to end because I'm going to get on a call of duty and, and rock it. <laughs> <laughs> it's be great. Um, hey, um, can I talk a little bit about FBI? I would Thank love you. for you to talk about FBI. That's Brad Petri, Darren Larson, the 2021 FF, uh, excuse me, KFFSC main event champions that are drafting from the eighth spot tonight. I thought they went off tilt a little bit in the sixth round, but I love what they put together. Every pick they've made since the ninth round, I think is fantastic, especially in this format. And then they got these, they got these uh, tremendous veterans, but look at the rookies that they put together in bulky. You can go through the players, Mm -hmm. but I love the receiver that they took in the 14th round. Yeah, that was Mingo um, from, uh, from Carolina who went, um, essentially six picks after Adam Thielen went. Um, FPI has uh, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott at their quarterback position. Eckler, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Jarek McKinnon at running back. Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jonathan Mingo at receiver, George Kittle and Dalton Kincaid at tight end. I don't, you know, I, I really don't have a problem with the state. I mean, there's, to me, Terp, there's no weak spots. I think they, they'll have to hit running back a little bit more uh, as they get into the final six rounds of this draft. But I think this is a solid competitive team here. Yeah, the receiver room doesn't excite me that much, but everything else is very competitive, has a chance to take the top slot here. I mean, Adams, Godwin, Godwin Cooks. I'm, I know our buddy over here loves Cooks. I'm not really the biggest Cooks guy this year. Jacoby Myers, he's solid, not not sexy. We all know what I think of Juju. He's a dust bucket. Love Mingo, though. Plenty of talent. Plenty of talent with Mingo. In my opinion, he'll be the number one receiver on that team. So I'm all aboard that pick. But the receiver room with some of these other powerhouses, powerhouse teams with you know, receivers is definitely something that worries me. What what is that phrase on Juju Smith Dust bucket. Dust bucket. Hey Bonky, would you go over? Would you read Terp the stats that Juju enjoyed last year? Just, just <laughs> all right. All right. I can I can Juju do that. Juju so Smith not- didn't win anybody any leagues last year. All right, now, now, no, on. but he's here in the thirteenth round, and what we want out of a thirteenth round right receiver at this point is he scores about four times, and I think he'll probably do it. 
All right, so there's a caveat yes. here. Now, bear in mind that while Juju Smith-Schuster caught 78 balls for 933 yards and three touchdowns last year, he was catching those passes from Patrick Mahomes, and he is moving on to Matt Jones, we think, this year. Perhaps uh, Zappy at some point. We, we don't know. And I think that falls into the, the whole 13th round value. So I think you guys both have a case here. Um, well, I've got a better case. Oh, well, but I, I, I'll ask Terp a question. Uh, in the 13th round, who's your who's your favorite receiver? 13th round. I so that would have been Tyler, Tyler Boyd, Rasheed Rice, Zay Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alan Lazard, and Adam Thielen. Out of those six, Terp. What's your favorite? And you can't say Smith Schuster. Wow, that's an that's an ugly round. Let me let me just get that out of the way right away. Juju Lazard and Adam Thielen are not guys I would draft on any single team unless okay. I get auto picked. So we'll eliminate those three. I would take Rice, especially with the Tony news. You have the the upside potential with Patrick Mahomes. There Tyler you go. Boyd, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's serviceable. He's another guy that yeah. if something happens there. And I don't think Zay Jones is dead. I know people are writing no, him off he is. and pretty much saying yeah. it's going to be the Ridley show and the Christian Kirk show and the Ingram show, ETN, and people are just forgetting about Zay Jones was a player. Zay Jones was a league winner last year. Now, I, I agree with you on Rice. I want you to know that I very much agree with you on Rice. But in, in this offense, it, what's your over and under on Schuster's catches? You don't think he's a 50-catch guy. I think he's a 65-70 catch guy, right? I don't see a world where he catches 70 passes on that offense. Okay, all right. Uh, let me interrupt here because I just fought for you, Terp, on this. Now, keep in mind that while he won't have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, he doesn't have to fight for targets with Travis Kelsey either. Hmm. Yeah, and he's got a rookie quarterback. That, that, that No, he doesn't have a rookie quarterback. He's got a quarterback – that must ascend this year. You know, I, I see – I just think the public is down on his quarterback. And I think that the quarterback is going to be a little better and it's going to go through Schuster. I am not saying he's a world beater, but we're in the 13th round and we're trying to – In the 13th round, he's not a terrible pick. I'll say that. Well, he was getting that. drafted a lot higher in some of these Even drafts. though he won't go – even though you called this fine athlete, who is a young guy, Bucky Hill is Smith-Schuster. How old he is can't he? Be, can't be that. He came into the league when he was 27. Like, he was like 12 years old when he came into the league. Yeah, he so was. How old is much, he? Is he 19 now? What is he? He's right around 19. No. Yeah. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, turns 27 in November. You have Terps right on it. And, you know, there's a lot of football left in the 27-year-old guy. That's all I'm saying, Terp. Terp, uh, let's talk the 14th round. Jerome Ford sounds like he's going to have more of a role this year with no Dearness Johnson, no Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. Um, did people let him slip too far in this draft tonight? Running back 54, he gets scooped up at the 14-10 by Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros. I think so. I mean, he's getting a lot of positive press. Nick Chubb coming out and saying, you know, positive things about him. There will be a role for the running back, too, in this offense. I'm not sitting here saying it's going to be Kareem Hunt level or anything like that, but he's getting so much positive press and there's been no talk at all of them adding anybody. None, none of these Lenny Fournettes, none of these Dalvin Cooks, none of the Zeeks, none of the guys that are available have even been mentioned going to Cleveland. So he's definitely a guy that like should be drafted higher in my opinion. I mean, he's a Nick Chubb injury away from being a, probably a 50, 50 guy. They would, they would think they would add somebody, but for a handcuff with plenty of upside, you can do way worse than Jerome Ford. 
15th round is complete. Bryce Young goes to John Hansen as his number three quarterback. Chuba Hubbard, his real-life teammate, uh, goes as the number five running back to Scott Keekohen. Jelani Woods, uh, after that, to Derek Brown. Then you're looking at Jeff Wilson to Team Eidelman. pair of tight ends after that. Taysom Hill is the second tight end drafted by Bradley Stalder. Trey McBride off the board as the uh, third tight end, beg your pardon, to David Hubbard. Deontay Foreman is the number five running back drafted by Peter Overzet, the 57th running back overall going in the 15th round tonight. Four straight receivers for FPI, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jonathan Mingo, and now Michael Gallup from the Cowboys. Gus Edwards leads a little mini run of running backs here. Brian Drake from Fighting Chance Fantasy Pro Football Focus. Dwayne McFarland from Fantasy Life take the Baltimore running back, Gus Edwards there. Keontae Ingram off the board at the 15-10. Melvin Gordon, the new Baltimore Raven at the 15-11 to Nelson Verbit. And then Jalen Reed, the rookie out of Michigan State, goes to Al Leach here at the final pick of the 12th round. Farrell, a couple of uh, Ravens running backs here, Edwards and Gordon in the 15th round. Do you have a favorite between those two? No, I don't. I really don't. Would you stay away from both of them here? Yeah, I think at this point in the draft, with all the talent that's on the team, I think I'm through with Ravens. I'll let somebody else take this shot. I, You know, I, I, the thing is with the Ravens is you know you're going to get pockets of, of fantasy value with some of these guys. It's just a question of who it is. And Gordon, to me, it's a, it's a little interesting, Turf, that we see him sneak up to the 15th round of this best ball league tonight. What, what do you think about Melvin Gordon as a 15th-round pick in Baltimore this year, knowing that you know he probably is playing behind Dobbins? Or is this a commentary that the Ravens are telling us what to believe about J.K. Dobbins? We started off on the preseason pop. I like Gordon better than Gus Howard. I mean, he can catch the ball. Do I love either of them? No. But like you said, Ravens running backs provide pockets of fantasy points. And some of these 15, 16-round picks, you're looking for maybe two weeks of them, three weeks of them, usable weeks. And if you can get – an injury to J.K. Dobbins with one of those two, and they get you 10, 15, 20 points maybe, you know, on a ceiling game. They're definitely worth a shot because that offense is going to be one of the best in football this year. And if Dobbins has any lingering injuries or anything like that, one of these two guys are going to have value because I can never see a a world where they put some young rookie in there or some, you know, serviceable undrafted free agent. It's going to be Gus Edwards or it's going to be Melvin Gordon. So I feel like Nixon won this late. You really can do no wrong with that. I would answer Melvin better, too, I suppose. But but what I'm saying is, at this point, I might draft some of the unemployed running backs. Oh. Because I know if they get signed, they could do the same. Leonard, Leonard Fournette, I would agree with you there. The rest of them, probably not. Well, you know, we're, we're ready to talk about Ezekiel Elliott anytime you want, Terry, just because I know <laughs> it. it gets you so excited. But, the uh, yeah, those unemployed running backs – that will find a landing place. And since Fournette's unemployed, I will agree with him. That's the most, I will agree with Terp that that's the most unattractive player. Um, Farrell, tell me about uh, Derek Brown, who's on the clock right now in the 16th round. Tell me about his 15th round pick. He ends up backing up Darren Waller with the 24th tight end off the board. Indianapolis's Jelani Woods. How much do you oh, like that pick? Man, who was the guy we kept at talking about last year that they just didn't want to talk about anymore? Mo Alley Cox. So, yeah, Jel- Jelani Woods is filling that role uh, this year. Uh, every there's no use me saying anything about him because every fantasy player knows the same thing, and we're just we're just betting that he will become a different kind of player between the twenties. And we haven't seen it yet on a team that was was awful needy for help. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Who's going to unlock this in him? I'm not familiar enough with, with the coaching changes 
or the locker room to know who's getting inside your Lonnie Woods head and making him realize that uh, he's a, he's a unicorn at the position with all the skills that with, with all the physical talent he had, if he could just match that with receiving skills, what what an excellent player. 16th round is about to be completed guys. John Mechie um, right after Jaden Reed goes to Al Leach, he gets John Mechie at the 1601 Isaiah Hodgins, off the board at the 1602, followed by another Kansas City Chief wideout. Marquez Valdez Scantling to Perenzuela and Hanstein. C.J. Stroud is the third quarterback drafted, followed by Chase Brown, the number five running back selected tonight. Michael Mayer off the board is the third tight end. Donovan Peoples-Jones to David Hubbard as his number five, no, number six receiver, beg your pardon. Curtis Samuel loading up on the receivers is Bradley Stalder. He gets another one here. 74th receiver off the board, and he gets Curtis Samuel at the 1608 tonight. Out of the last five picks, for Team Eidelman, uh, three of them been tight ends, Irv Smith, Dawson Knox, and now Isaiah Likely. Clyde Edwards-Alaire off the board. Shout out to hashtag Aiden LaCorey there. 1610 is Clyde Edwards-Alaire to Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros. DJ Chark and Michael Carter wrap up the 16th round. We have um, uh, Rich Bilyeu, who it seems like he's a Donovan Peoples-Jones stand. He's been Mm -hmm. talking about him a lot on our shows and and in the chat. He says it again tonight. Going to be a great value this year. Farrell, your thoughts on the value of Donovan Peoples-Jones for David Hubbard here tonight as his number six receiver. Oh, Hubbard got him. That's even better because Hubbard needs some help. And, yeah, there's potential there, um, significant potential, especially if the tight end doesn't turn out to be the guy that everybody thinks he is. And I like Peoples-Jones' skill set. Uh, yeah, let's get him the ball. Let's get him a full season with this quarterback and see where it can go. And I didn't want to tease the tight ends in the 16th round to answer my question about Jelani Woods, but, and and now there's been uh, one tight end that goes off early in the 17th. And I like all those guys better than Jelani Mm -hmm. Woods. Uh, It is especially mayor at, uh, at the Raiders, who is, who is a true starting tight end and a, a coaching staff that knows how to get the, to get the, uh, points out of the position. So I think that's one of the better picks uh, in this round. Um, yeah. So, uh, but Donovan Peoples-Jones, yes, he, he's a bargain uh, in this 16th round. I love his athleticism, hands. Um, yeah. Man, if this guy was, if this guy was on a team like uh, the Carolina Panthers, he would be the hands down number one target. Sir, some of the shine has worn off of Chase Brown because Joe Mixon restructured his contract to stay with the Bengals. We know that Mixon is going to start off the season as the starter as long as he's healthy, knock on wood. What is Chase Brown's new value? Is he simply an injury away guy, or would you prefer a guy like, uh, I believe it's Travion Williams is the other guy in that Cincinnati backfield? I mean, either one of them you got to take some shots on. I mean, do I like one more than the other? I'd probably say Chase Brown a little bit. But the problem is with, with a team like Cincinnati that they're they would add somebody if something happened to Mixon. I don't see mm-hmm. them just giving the keys to a rookie uh, with no draft capital whatsoever and a guy that's been hurt pretty much his whole career. If something happens to Mixon or he gets a little nicked up in camp, that's to, I've said it on every show that we've done. To me, that the Cincinnati Bengals is a nut spot for a running back because Mixon's not going to play every down. You saw last year they don't want to play him every down. He took he restructured his contract which people might say, oh, that's great, he's going to be back. But if they loved him so much, he would be restructuring anything. So to me, one of these guys on the street is going to end up there and have value. I would love for it to be Leonard Fournette. I would love if, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
got cut by the Chiefs somehow and got moved there with Joe Burrow. Maybe, you know, get some life back into his game. I keep saying that to hopefully get it into the world, but that's a that's a spot to keep watching, especially as the summer rolls on. If Mixon has like a lingering or some you know small in camp, they're not just going to hand the ball to Chase Brown and hand the ball to Travion Williams. Somebody's going to get added there, and whoever that is is going to have really really solid value. Dave Tripoli trying to manifest C E H to C I N. Will it happen? I want to answer a question really quick. John, go Taylor ahead. Just asked if, if the Bengals sign Zeke is Turpin. No, he's not in. <laughs> nobody sign. Nobody signing Zeke is going to get Turpin. So just eliminate that from your mind. If the as the water boy, maybe. But that's Tur- don't fall for this. You don't don't don't. I'm not falling for anything anymore about it. Just Zeke, don't, don't Zeke is it. the definition. We call Juju. We call Alan Lazard. Zeke is the definition of a dust bucket. Uh, again, you just don't know how to read it. I've got to, you know, when we get together in Las Vegas, I'm going to show you this new concept. You can bring all the stats in, you want. I don't care. My eyes and stats, It's the greatest stat since analytics came out. And you got to pay attention to it. It's called the box score. And, you know, <laughs> when you start getting into that box score, you can see what's happened and what may happen in the future. <laughs> A box score. The analytic guys have developed it. It's great, Terp. You and I'll sit down with it over dinner. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the box score. The the one. You still you still use newspapers? Who has the a box score? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, There's nothing in them. You know. Maybe. Maybe the box score will come back in vogue in like in like ten years. Like it's just time is a flat Anything's circle. Possible. Like Rush. I did by the New York effective. Times today because I wanted to read uh, Tony Bennett's obituary, and I checked the Zeke's obituary was not there, but Tony Bennett's was. So you know, <laughs> check tomorrow. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go. Pretty, pretty good. I want to get out to our first guest uh, right now. You see his yeah, show. Play, yes, we do. Uh, you see a show on Player Profiler every single week. You follow him on Twitter uh, at Best Bell Fantasy from bestbellfantasy.com. Bradley Stalder, welcome in tonight. Drafting from the five spot. All right, you're on the clock right now. Let's make I this am. Pick. Y'all are going to have to bear with me for just a hot yeah. second. Who's the pick? <laughs> Tell us who the pick is. Tell us who the pick is. Uh, I've been wavering back and forth, but... Uh, you know, I need a wide receiver here, and I think a good one has been getting a lot of camp hype. Um, he has as good of a chance, maybe, to win the slot role in a very, very big offense, and that is this guy right here. Richie James. Richie James. Oh, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. All right, so so I have to correct myself right away. Um, at FF Stalder is the Twitter handle. Yes. Uh, at Roto Underworld, player profiler is where your show is. Uh, and, and tell us, before we get into your draft, tell us about your show because this is something that just happened, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, officially joined the player profiler team. It's been awesome since we last talked, Balky. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, being on the Roto Underworld, diving into the Underworld. That, that sounds like a, a trepidatious thing. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the show is Stack Hunters, and we are doing exactly that, talking best ball, identifying stacks, correlations tomorrow. In fact, from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Justin Herzig is going to join the Stack Hunters, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite stacks, both early round receivers and a teammate correlations. So those are that's what's on the docket tomorrow. 
Uh, that's exciting, and it's awesome to have you on here drafting. So tell us about the team tonight. You you knew you were picking fifth. Did you? I mean, did you imagine that it was going to be Tyreek Hill the whole time there? Yes, yes, it was going to be lock it in unless something wonky happened at the beginning. It was going to be Tyreek Hill. I I, uh, I Derek Henry caught um, some flack tonight, both uh, on our show and and in the YouTube chat. Tell us a little bit why you're still a believer here and and why you would take Derrick Henry at the 208. Yeah, the big dog, he was number one last year in rate of top five weeks. Uh, he is just the model of consistency. And if we are in on the Tennessee offense to be better, it's going to revolve around Derrick Henry. So to get him at that spot, I mean, I wasn't willing to take some risks. As you clearly saw, I avoided Saquon Barkley and I avoided Josh Jacobs. But though, like I was considering Saquon, but I I would have clicked Saquon had we not had the holdout issues. But for right now, I'm on the clock, so you're going to have to bear with me here. We will we will bear with you again. Uh, the the la- three again three out of the last five picks for Bradley Stalder here have been tight ends. Tyler Conklin, Taysom Hill, and Hunter Henry have all gone off the board for him. Those are his three tight ends that he's grabbed waiting until round 14 to take him. He's also peppered in some Curtis Samuel. He just made the Richie James pick live yeah, on air. You, Go ahead, you, won't get anything, you won't get anything as attractive as that Richie James pick. That was fantastic. <laughs> All right, so so it's Noah Fant is the pick here. That's your fourth tight end, Bradley. Was it important? I guess t- tell us about the tight end strategy going in because I don't know if you planned on waiting until round 14 to take your first tight end, but obviously when that happened, you had to kind of pivot and make sure you're you're acquiring enough guys in the room there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I didn't know whether Kelsey was going to be there at five. Usually isn't, but you never know how these drafts are going to go. So if it wasn't going to be Kelsey, I was like, well, I, I have a six-word rule for drafting tight ends, and it's Kel- Kelsey, big value, or screw it. <laughs> and, and that's my six-word rule. It's a great mentality. For, yeah. for drafting these tight ends. And you know what? I'm very happy. These are on-brand tight ends. Tyler Conklin. I have I, I've Billy Musio, friend of the FFPC, uh, friend, uh, personal friend of mine as well. Uh, he's caught me late at night watching Tyler Conklin film. Okay. So uh, <laughs> uh, Conklin is we all got our thing. We all got our vice. <laughs> it's only weird if you make it weird. Uh, Taysom Hill we know his upside exists and so at tight end 25 like who else offers that type of upside at tight end 25 no one else no one it's just you're swinging for the fences at that point Hunter Henry has had two top 10 seasons under his belt Gesicki does not play the tight end position Hunter Henry plays the tight end position and Mm. John 38 targets are gone. So I think tight end 30, Hunter Henry is a great value. And then Noah Fant, I'm just betting on the profile at that point. I'm betting on first round pedigree. I'm betting on that this is just a good player in what we think is going to be a pretty decent offense. And uh, and so tight end 34, when I punted the position, I think one of those guys is going to hit. And if multiple guys hits, so be it. Bradley, where did Tyler Conklin play college basketball? Uh, I there's more film for you to watch, sir. You're gonna have a great I'm, evening. I'm, can, can I guess? Can I guess yes, that it was absolutely. Minnesota? Yeah, no, 
There was school in Minnesota. Michigan, I believe, somewhere. Oh, okay. Wow. He uh, he went to um, Northwood, uh, Northwood, which was his first college, and then he transferred to Central Michigan. Now, did he really uh, play Northwood, basketball Northwood. there? Northwood's a good school. Northwood's yeah. Yeah, Northwood's good. Place. Oh yeah, he did. He actually did a full ride scout basketball scholarship to Northwood. Two point six rebounds, one point nine points, and one point four assists a game. Then he transferred halfway through his freshman year to Central Michigan. Walked onto the football team, and now he's catching passes from a four time MVP. Congratulations to you, Tyler Conklin, and Best Bell Fantasy Bradley Stalder is watching video of you um, late at night. So I think he's he's got it all going on. Let me ask you Richie about Richie James, man. Can you talk about Richie yeah. James, Bulky? Can you talk about Richie James? Yeah, let me pull up the, the stats about Richie James because this is a, a player who not only has the, the opportunity, but has, has played well in the past. Like he's been underrated and under uh undervalued. Let me pull up the pull up the stats as we talk, uh, as I spell my name incorrectly in the in the feed. Um <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh Richie James let me pull it up here I mean he played 85% of uh his sl- his snaps in the slot for the Giants last year no player um only one player had more than 50% of slot snaps for the Kansas City Chiefs and that was Michael Hardman uh mm-hmm. and then Juju Smith-Schuster was number three Sky Moore was number two and so two of the top three slot runners are gone off of that team. So we want a player who maybe he pushes Sky more to the outside. Maybe it's Kadarius Tony who can't get on the field, whatever it takes. So here's the, the Richie James stats, 23.8% target rate last year. He was wide receiver 35 in yards per route run wide receiver, 27 in formation adjusted yards per route run wide receiver, 11 in route win rate wide receiver, nine in win rate versus man coverage. Wide receiver 27 in fantasy points per target. And at the ADP, he's going wide receiver 83. That's virtually free. Might Mm -hmm. as well tie myself to a decent enough offense where he has a chance to win a slot role uh, with we, we, we like the chiefs and we like that role. And And if he's putting up decent enough, uh, decent enough corner, every slot corner in the league will tell you that is one tough SOB. <laughs> you know, those guys, those guys after they play Richie James, you, you know, he's, he's difficult to cover. He's difficult to tackle and he plays with a lot of heart and he talks a lot of smack when he's on the field. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a slot corners nightmare. So yeah, I, I really like your pick there. And you came with a lot, obviously you've got box scores on Richie James. You know, so I'm impressed. Box scores. Final pick coming up for Bradley Stalder tonight from uh, the five hole. Again, uh, Conklin, Hill, Henry, and Fant have gone in the last uh, six picks for them, all tight ends. Curtis Samuel, the aforementioned Richie James in there. Peppering in some Zay Flowers, Rondale Moore, Zay Jones, Mike Evans. Ooh, two Zays on the team. Didn't even realize that. You know, Um, it's bulky. It's better to Zay too much than not Zay what you need to Zay. That's (laughs) – we've – we made it 90 minutes before our first dad first joke pawn of the joke. night. Congratulations. And he did it on the clock. Now that's well some done. talent right there, ladies and gentlemen, for sure. Um, Bradley, who's the pick going to be here with your uh, your final pick of the pros versus Joe's draft? Uh, Corey Davis. Oh, from the Jets. Does he yeah. stay on the Jets this year? I don't care. <laughs> 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 like, honestly, like Corey Davis at this point, 
you know, he's historically put up 20% target shares wherever he's been. So, I mean, look, give me that guy at wide receiver 93. If he's healthy, if he's cut great, he's probably going to go somewhere where he's going to be useful. And at wide receiver 93, the weakness of my team right now is that wide receiver two slash three spot. You know, even though there's no, not a third wide receiver, like I'm just banking on one of those guys stepping up week to week. And, uh, and Corey Davis has that within those range of outcomes. Bradley, it is uh, always a pleasure to talk shop with you. We will watch your show on the player profiler fantasy uh, family of shows. Um, Best Bell Fantasy on Twitter at FF Stalder on Twitter. Uh, Best Ball Fantasy, bestbellfantasy.com. Thanks so much. Good luck this year uh, in trying to win that 2024 FFPC main event entry. And good luck in all your leagues, my friend. Appreciate it, Balky. Thanks, everyone. You got it. Bradley Stalder, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Popping onto the show tonight, I want to, without further ado, let's get to our next guest. Uh, He, from Fantasy Pros, at dbro underscore FFB on Twitter. The guy who was drafting tonight in the uh, third spot, it was Derek Brown. Derek Welcome in to the HSFFO. We're so glad to have you on. How did the draft turn out for you tonight now that it's complete? Uh, I, I mean, look, overall, I'm pretty happy with the team. Um, I wasn't expecting Justin Jefferson at the third right. spot. Honestly, like, I'm sitting on my queue, but when I log in, I'm like, all right, well, it's going to be Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. And then Jefferson falls to me, and I'm like, oh, whoa, baby. I'm, I'm excited. You don't see that often at 103. And then you're like, I can't screw the rest of this draft up. Yeah. I've been given a gift. I'm not going to lie. Like, so kind of walking into this draft, I kept looking. I was like, because tight end is important to me this year. I'm just like, look, it's Kelsey, it's Andrews, or it's Waller, or just punt punt it down the damn road. And so I was looking at um, Mojo's website before this, and I was like, okay, so if I bypass Kelsey – that I'm looking at, maybe I get Andrews or maybe I get Waller. And I went Waller early because I was like fifth round. I kind of like earmarked as like Herbert or Fields time. And so I was like, well, Waller's been going in the fifth, so I'm probably going to have to take him and then I'll just back up a quarterback. But the other thing that I was like balancing with this entire draft was if I get Waller, I want to go Daniel Jones and I want to late stack Justin Herbert. I was like, I'm earmarking Quentin Johnston and Gerald Everett. And thank God those, those things happened to me because I'm watching Overzet just pissing yellow here with wide receivers. And I'm like, QJ's not making to me. And I was like, there's too many freaking sharp people in here. I'm like, I got, I know Dwayne was going to, me and him were going to go back and forth with him and Drake. And I was just like, I know we look at a lot of the players very similarly. And I was like, this is going to be either good or it's going to be a night full of pain. Mm. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about um, the Alvin Kamara selection? You drafted him about, I want to say, around maybe a little bit more than a round ahead of ADP. I guess you probably weren't. I mean, you could. I guess technically you, you might have had a shot at him in, in the eighth round. You probably weren't getting him there. Why was it important to get Kamara there as your third running back? I mean, come on. We're, we're still sitting on the suspension news and what that looks like. If it's two games, then he looks like a damn amazing value. If it's mm-hmm. four games, then, I mean, I'm then he should go about where he's at, like RB3, high-end RB3-ish range. Mm-hmm. So right now with the suspension up in the air, I mean, the way that I looked at it, they have the most favorable schedule out of everybody this year. The Saints do. So I already had Alave. So really it was just me buying into the offense. I was like, if Carr comes back to me, 
I'm setting up an early stack. I can get car later. But really, after I'm watching what Triple H is freaking doing here, just stacking running backs, I was like, he's the last guy, as soon as he gets back, that the backfield's his. And we got touchdown regression, prime to hit, better offense, good schedule, all these different things. So really the name of the game for me with Kamara and a lot of these different um, players that I went with was buying into offenses that can be better this year than they were last or um, as well as or just offenses that I really believe in, like the Chargers and and so on and so forth. And Damian Pierce falling to me. I was cutting backflips, man. He was one of the last guys in that Akers-Dobbins tier where I was like, please come back to me. Is there, you know, you talk about getting players and offenses you believe in. When you look at the second half of your draft or maybe basically anything after round seven or round eight, can you tell us a couple of the players that you drafted there that, okay, I want a piece of this offense. That's why I'm drafting this guy here. Yeah, I mean, so after what round were you talking about? After like seven or eight. After like seven or eight. Gotcha. I mean, so I'm I'm incredibly high on the Giants offense this year. Um, Regardless of whatever we think about Saquon, Saquon's efficiency fell off. Now he's got the contract stuff. Over the last, like, I think it was like six or seven weeks of the season, Giants were almost a top 12 pace offense, top 12 in EPA per play, top 12 in success rates, all these different parts. And so, like, I'm really buying into the Giants offense a lot. I was really mad that uh, Hanson took Eric Gray because he was one of the guys I was thinking about for the last few rounds. Um, But really, I think the Giants offense is underrated. I think the Denver Broncos are going to bounce back. And then, yeah, I was really just taking shots on players that are maybe one injury away or can step into stuff. Like, I honestly, with the Tony news coming out today – I can't believe Rasheed Rice was still there in the thirteenth round. Yeah, yeah. I can't either. Hey, can you can you give us a little insight on Nico Collins and what what uh, what you like about him? So Nico was really like at that point, I felt like I was kind of behind the eight ball on wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So I was ba- I've been massive into Jalen Warren. It was it was between Nico and Jalen Warren, and I was also thinking about Damian Harris, but he went one pick before me. Nico, I think that he could get a 20 to 22% target share. And really, I've been a CJ Stroud fan since watching him at Ohio State. Like, I think the guy's got special arm talent, really good ball placement. And Nico, he's never had a good quarterback since he's been there in Houston. So I think, I think it might, I think you're right onto something because I think it might go north of that because mm-hmm. he, he had more targets, target share last year than Cooks did. I, I think yep. 20, he's already there. And now you take him out of that equation to call it. I, I think that I think that pick may prove to be a big surprise to you. Yeah, I was really like, I mean, once Damian Harris went, I was like, okay, I've got to go with one of the last kind of wide receivers that I believe in. Maybe I can get Rondell Moore on the next round, but he's probably not a league winner, even though it's PPR. He's really just a guy I'm looking for just points at that spot for wide receiver three and such, but. Nico was that last guy that I felt pretty good about if there's a ceiling to be had in some of these wide receivers because there's no way – like, I was not going to go with Odell. I, I'm not going to go with a lot of these other dusty guys. And, you know, are you, I, I had the uh, second screen up as y'all were kind of rolling through the stuff, and I was like, oof, I, I don't want any part of Juju or Adam Thielen. Like, I was like, I don't want that part of the, the wide receiver run. So, yeah, exactly. So, I was like, uh-uh. For me, it was – in my mind's eye – can I see this guy getting a 20% target share? And does he have some offer and some ceiling weeks? I can make that conversation for Rasheed. I can make that conversation for Nico. I can make that conversation for a lot of other guys in that range. Derek, let me ask you, let, let me ask you this. 
when you were on about to be on the clock at the 303 and you're wondering what player you're going to take there and you see Scott Key Cohen to the left of you there take Jalen Hurts after he already took Patrick Mahomes, were you looking at Hurts at all there? Uh, and then what went through your mind when you saw him take Hurts when he already took Mahomes on the turn? I that pick surprised the hell out of me. Honestly, uh, Ramondre Stevenson was the top of my queue. I was like, he's the one guy that's fallen down to this point where if if you take Mondre out of New England and you put him on any other team and what he did last year, he would be probably a second round pick. Um, considering his talent, considering the volume upside and stuff and an improved offense. So he was the guy I was really hoping got to me because I didn't want, I've been sidestepping Saquon since the second round. I was like, I don't want any part of Saquon. And so when I saw Hertz go, I was like, first of all, my eyebrows went to the back of my head. I was like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to go quarterback there. So Hertz wasn't really um, on the board for me. I really was kind of pocketing like round four, round five, probably where I was going to get the last bit of, um, going with Herbert or Fields yeah, or good. maybe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, Herbert this year, he's probably going to lead the league in passing attempts. So um, just kind of lining up where my draft slot was with the uh, the recent ADP for these slims, I was, I was really looking at the fifth round for quarterback. I figured Herbert or Fields are probably going to be there. So that's kind of where I was going with the, with the at least quarterback. Hertz wasn't on the board for me because – I wasn't probably going to get A.J. Brown. Didn't think Devonta Smith was going to come back to me, and I was going to stack my, my quarterback, no doubt. How Final question for you, Derek, before we let you go. Um, mm -hmm. How important, because this is a closed 12-team league and everybody's just gunning for first place in this league, how important is stacking? I mean, do you put less of an emphasis on it because it's not like the Fantasy Pros Championship or the FFPC main event where you're battling thousands of teams to win a million-dollar grand prize? Um, I, I know I, John Terry put this um, – I think it was John Terry in the YouTube chat last night said – I don't know, it's Todd Burroughs, not John Terry. He said stacking is important, but it's less important in this format. Is that the way you see it as well? I mean, I think stacking is important regardless because we're all searching for ceiling. We're, we're, we're searching for ceiling outcomes based off the week's. Now, the different approach I took for this was, can I get secondary stacks like not having to get Keenan Allen or Mike Williams with Justin Herbert? For me, if you're going with the tertiary stacks and your quarterbacks, to me, that's even more of a bet on the offense being good because, yeah, the wide receiver ones and twos on a lot of depth charts, they're going to go with the quarterbacks. But if this offense like the Chargers is really that damn good, then your wide receiver three, your tight end are going to go along for the ride. So when I was kind of building out stacks and stuff like that, I was like, where do I have, where can I spend on stacks? And I don't have to go with the premium guy. And to me, that's even more of a bet on the offense. Uh, Derek Brown from fantasy pros, the 2020 FSWA DFS writer of the year finalist and pros versus Joe's competitor this year, drafting from the third spot. Congratulations on a solid squad, a competitive spot. I hope you win that FFPC main event. Uh, in this uh, in this format, Derek. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk with you again soon. Good luck in all your drafts and keep up all the great work at fantasypros.com. Appreciate it, Balky. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good night. This was a lot of fun. Derek luck, Brown, man. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Derek. Follow Derek on Twitter, by the way, at dbro underscore FFB, dbro, D-R-B, excuse me, D-B-R-O, I can't spell tonight, D-B-R-O <laughs> underscore FFB. I know how to spell this next guest's name. It's, it's real simple. Time. It's, it is past my bedtime. Our next guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's a two-letter first name. I know I can't screw it up. It's A-L. It's Al Leach, drafting from the 12th spot tonight. The FFPC Joe, our first Joe, joining the broadcast tonight. 
Al, congratulations on, on your draft. It's done. You're, it's in the books. Uh, how would you rate the team? How did you do? The backhand is going to be really weak. Uh, the quarterbacks pushed up a lot faster than I expected. Uh, Trevor Lawrence going in the fifth round, I really thought I was going to be able to get him to stack with uh, Christian Kirk and Anthony. Uh, so that really kind of threw me off. And then afterwards, I'm just throwing crap against the wall when it came to quarterbacks with mine. I mean, you can look at mine. Golf, uh, I probably got him around 13. Uh, and then Kyler Murray, if he's going to even play, I'm just taking a shot there. And the other two guys, I just threw them up there trying to see if I can get some points out of the quarterback. All these guys are out on jet skis right now. I mean, <laughs> this, this, this is rough. This well, rough. But, and, you know. and, and, like, I, I got it. And I, I will ask you this too, Al, because this is something I brought up during the draft. 20-round slim, uh, even with tight end premium, when you take Engram in the sixth, you take Njoku in the eighth, I probably would have been good there. And, and just left it uh, as far as my tight end position goes and stacked other positions. You still hit it again. You got it one more time uh, as far as the tight end goes in the 12th round with Sam Laporta. Why was Laporta uh, important to get on your team there as your third tight end? Only because I was looking for uh, an additional stack with golf. That's it. It was just additional person. I looked at him like, all right, if I'm looking at someone that could get me a few points, even at receiver or a tight end, so I threw him out as like sort of like my six wide receiver type thing. Okay. All right. And then I guess that makes sense to, to get the stack there. Did you plan on hitting wide receiver as hard as you did early, given that you knew you had the 12 spot? Yeah. The 12 spot to me is probably one of the more difficult positions. I like the middle. The middle you can sort of actually judge on what you need to do. You can kind of like take what comes to you. When you're at the ends, the ones and the 12s, you really kind of have to target kind of who you want to fall to that area. So I knew I was going to probably go with uh, Brown and Waddle. And like I said, I was hoping Lawrence would make it back uh, to the 512 since the earliest he'd gone was 58, according to uh, Mojo. Mm -hmm. So 51 was, like I said, through earlier, threw me off. But then I wanted to get Tua or Golf to go with Waddle. Uh, I mean, two, two to go with Waddle or Goff to go with Brown. So I was looking at going one of those ways. How did you, did you, was it difficult to take Keenan Allen? Was that part of a difficult decision or was that a player that you uh, targeted? I targeted him because uh, simply I wanted to keep my team option open for what stack. I'm a big stacker guy. Okay. So I was looking Keenan Allen, Waddle, and Brown, and then hoping I figured I'd get Kirk in the uh, the seven one six the five twelve six one swing. So I was trying to leave that spot open for either Lawrence Herbert or one or uh, like I said Lawrence or Herbert didn't work out. So as you know, I got it that way. Talking with Al Leach, the FFPC Joe drafting in the twelve spot tonight of uh, Pros versus Joes. So it was just. Weird that it ended up that you went Jaguar, Jaguar, Jaguar in the in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, right? That was not. No, I'm class. actually really high on the Jaguars' offense. Oh, okay, I think all right. The offense is going to be one of the top. I think next year, uh, Lawrence, you're going to be talking about Lawrence as one of the top, you know, three, four quarterbacks in the league. I really think that Lawrence is going to be up there ahead of Jackson and up there with Allen Hurts and Mahomes next year ahead of Burrow. If I can get Lawrence in the main event, I'm going to be a happy camper. 
Uh, Al, the, uh, the other thing that we were talking about during when we were assessing your team tonight, we talked about the Naheem Hines effect on, on James Cook. Did you bump up James Cook at all based on when you heard the, the news about Hines that he was missing this season? Did you bump him up or was he always a good pick for you at that 7-8 turn? I had him targeted in that area, but because I really wanted Williams. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted Javante Williams. He went one pick ahead of me, so I, I settled for uh, Cook. I figured Cook's good for maybe an extra 10, 15 targets because with Himes gone. Al Leach uh, joining us on the show tonight. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Jaden Reed, your your uh, draft pick in the 15th round? Rookie receiver out of Michigan State, going to be catching balls from Jordan Love this year. What did you like about him there? I looked at the offense. Uh, again, uh, when it comes to – I also like the uh, Green Bay offense for our side. Uh, I would have liked to have gotten Watson or Dubs, but since I couldn't get those, I went with the rookie – uh, I'm thinking if I, Dubs or Watson comes out a little bit off, then the rookie could step up and get, oh, maybe 45, 50 catches. You're only looking to get maybe like one or two games out of him, you know, with the other receivers I have. If I can get one, two starts out of him, I'd take that. Uh, Terp, I don't know if you noticed this, but Al has a uh, certain running back formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, uh, way to go, Al. <laughs> I so you up, you guys. Just throwing he's, it out there. I agree. He's Perfect. a plotter. He's nothing okay. but a plotter. It just simply the I was looking at what was best available. He happened to be best available, and I'm hoping he gets. If he goes back I'll to Dallas, best he'll fall in. He'll fall in the end zone like twice on one game, <laughs> and I'll, I'll use him. Give me more. Um, gave us the twentieth round over Ezekiel Elliott. What I would give for the Eagles to sign this player. Wow, what I would give for that to happen. You would see real tears on this show. I just, it just would be so wonderful. Hey, um, Al, 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 before we let you go, Al, final question. Uh, The 1920 uh, turns tonight, or the 1920 turn, Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield, which quarterback do you like better this year for this format? I like Howell. I actually think Howell could, you know, uh, come in. Again, you're looking at trialing to get maybe 20 to 22 points from him on a couple of weeks, maybe of a bye week on one of my other two guys. Baker Mayfield, I think he's he's like Zeke. He's a plotter. Uh, mm-hmm. You're looking just to see if you can get lucky a week with him. Al Leach, a uh, gentleman and a scholar, joining us tonight from the 12 spot. Uh, good luck, not only in pros versus Joe's trying to win a main end, event entry next year, Al, but good luck in trying to take down the million dollars in the FFPC main event this year. Uh, certainly appreciate you carving out a little time for us tonight. Good luck this season, man. You guys have a great day. Good show. Thank you so much. Al Leach, ladies and gentlemen, the FFPC Joe hanging out with us tonight uh, from the uh, 12 spot uh, of tonight's pros versus Joe's draft number two, which is in the books, and we'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, Farrell Elliott. Uh, Dave Terpoli, you guys will both be joining me tomorrow. We will continue to check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, kffsc.com. Follow uh, uh, Terp on Twitter, at Dave Terp. Gentlemen, thank you so much. We'll see you again tomorrow night. See you, guys. You got it. Dave uh, Dave Terp, Farrell Elliott joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour coverage of the Pros versus Joe's Draft. I do want to thank those two guys. I also want to thank uh, our guest tonight, uh, Bradley Stalder, 
bestbellfantasy.com player profiler. Check him out there with all the content he's producing. Uh, Derek Brown, all the great content and fantasy pros. You've probably been reading some of his stuff and listening to some of his stuff that we've been putting in the FFPC email. A lot of great stuff over at fantasypros.com. And, of course, Al Leach. Tomorrow night, we'll be back at it again for Pros versus Joe's draft number three. An hour later, we go live at 10 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow for the Camden Town League. Uh, the FFPC Joe's include uh, Chris Hart, Tobin Bielkini, uh, Josh Durham and Laura Durham. You're also looking at the back-to-back FFPC main event winners, Don Baranya and Sean Stutzman. I believe I got an email from Sean. I think it's Sean and Nick Costantino who are drafting the uh, the team uh, tomorrow night. Still back-to-back winners of the FFPC main event. Kevin Williamson, I know I saw him in the YouTube chat tonight, long time at KFFSC, uh, FFPC player. John Rozek, another guy who's played in both of those contest guys won a lot of money he's gonna be one of the joes and then of course john bragg as well a longtime ffpc player they'll be taking on the pros contingent of josh larkey and ryan reynolds from the 33rd team sean green and ryan kramer from sports gambling podcast shane hallam from draft countdown will be drafting as well john daigle from four for four.com howard bender the roto buzz guy himself from fantasy alarm popping aboard tomorrow night at 10 o'clock and wrapping things up from the 12 spot tomorrow. Sean Siegel uh, from Stealing Bananas and then uh, Ben Gretsch from Stealing Signals and Rotoviz, both of them, rotoviz.com. So great to have them aboard tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. You have roughly mm, four hours, four hours plus uh, to take advantage of that main event early draft slot deadline. Remember, if your team is paid in full by midnight Pacific time tonight, you will have your draft slot by July 31st and you'll have a full month plus to plot your way to a million-dollar grand prize. Uh, we just saw in the YouTube chat there was a 12.30 a.m. draft added tonight for the Fantasy Pros Championship. I'll be commissioning that. I hope to see you there. So make sure you're taking advantage of all these extra Fantasy Pros draft times. Just 350 bucks to enter, and you could win a million dollars. Two separate contests that you can win a million bucks at this year at myffpc.com. Don't forget about our best ball tournament, our Superflex best ball tournament. Those are giving away 200K and 50K to first place alone, respectively. Dynasty startups popping off every single day at myffpc.com. Remember, 1,400-plus leagues over a decade-plus, and we've never had a single league fold. And then, of course, if you want to play in your uh, closed 12-team leagues, those start at $5 and on up from myffpc.com. Remember to join the KFFSC main event at kffsc.com. We will be back at it tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we will see you again, and we'll do it again all over again tomorrow. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Good news and bad news. And I think I just kind of alluded to both. Good news is there's a 12.30 a.m. draft added. You can pop in that. Bad news is the midnight's already full. So if you're trying to draft in that, you'll have to wait an extra half hour. It's a half hour. Who cares? You're going to be up watching this content late anyway. Join the Fantasy Pros Championship right now. Take advantage of a $1 million grand prize this year. Biggest grand prize we've ever offered. And it could be yours when you draft today. We will see you at 10 p.m. tomorrow Eastern time, everybody. Thanks for